0: And it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast.
1: To the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Now it's
0: time for our host, Nate Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Nate here with you, and Aaron is here as well. And uh, what an array of fucking talent we have on the show this week. You thought a three-man booth was crowded. It is a four-man booth on this week's edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Aaron, say hello, and then we'll get to the special guests.
2: Hello. All right, those were your instructions, this is like a, and you did well. This is like a, this is like a WCW 1997 pay-per-view.
3: <laughs> we're just thinking the same thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> First guest of the evening... You recognize him from the We Can't Wrestle live show. Chris Wood, welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, your first edition of the show.
4: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: Yes, sir, we're glad to have you. And of course,
2: our uh,
0: our other special guest, the one, the only, the voice of the era, Mr. Archie Mitchell. Archie, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here.
3: Always a pleasure to be on, Nate, and it's great to be on with uh, Aaron and with Chris as well. So, welcome to the
2: party, pal.
3: So the uh,
2: try to think of other shitty, well, not shitty movie quotes, other random movie quotes.
3: Well, I'm only here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I stopped kicking ass like an hour ago. So, already got any gum. I'm, good.
2: I'm here to. Chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of ass.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I oh, see crap. I see how this is gonna go. <laughs>
4: like you had any doubt. <laughs> like you were going, hmm, wonder how this is gonna go.
0: Well, I was gonna mention also, Archie, not only of the ERA Facebook group, but of AJM Customs as well. And I know Aaron just recently got some customs from Mr. Mitchell and was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, you never that. messaged
3: me. Did you ever get Arne Anderson in the mail, and was he in one piece? Because I get worried about the, you know, the post office.
2: Oh, yeah, he was. it was excellent. Thank you.
3: All right,
2: good. Sorry for not messaging you. It's... No, no,
3: not a problem, not a problem. I, I sent Pat a, a custom, Patrick Mancinetti, from the era. And the funny thing is, is, like four days before, someone else had sent him a custom, and The head fell off when it got there. So I sent him his custom and I asked him, you know, I said tracking said it got there, did it get there safely? He's like, Look, as long as the head didn't fall off, we're fine. (laughs) So he messaged me three hours later and he said, Son of a bitch, look what happened and he shows me the head fell off. And I was like, Really? The only thing that could go wrong did go wrong.
0: (laughs) Murphy's Law. But Archie, um, as far as custom figures go, or the era, if you want to let the uh, the listeners know here quick at the top of the show how they can contact you, how they can get a hold of you, and your wonderful work that I have a couple of pieces of in my collection as well. Before we get started,
3: well, uh, they could either join the Era Wrestling Group uh, on Facebook. Uh, just type in the and then E A R. Uh, it's for wrestling uh, uh, memorabilia, sports, everything of that nature. Uh, they can also find me on Facebook at just Archie Mitchell, uh, not one word. There is a space, or on Instagram at Archie NJ38, all one word. Um, and I, I thank you, Nate, for allowing me to come on and, and you know give myself shameless plugs, like I'm Mick Foley, and I'm I, saying thank you, Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, shame, I shameless plug everywhere we go. And you will hear oh, me, you will, so you will hear me on the show hoarding out our YouTube page and I do want to make an announcement uh, this week I have not I have not actually started building it yet but uh, and Aaron and Chris are hearing this for the first time so is Archie this week I bought a domain we are gonna have a website mm-hmm. we is coming in
3: 2020 so congratulations that's you, a great move things are. Moving forward,
0: and our YouTube page, of course. Join the YouTube page. Click subscribe. There's going to be exclusive content coming up on that as well, um, as as in watch-alongs with the hosts and different things that I'm planning for the YouTube page. And if you're not a member, if you're only a member of the Facebook page and you're not a member of the Facebook group, join the We Can't Wrestle Facebook group as well. We have a lot of fun. These guys can attest to that. We have a lot of fun in the group, and. Uh, I give away free shit all the time. I'm going into debt for this thing, but it's fun, and I love it. I love my listeners. You're the best audience in podcasts. Now, I'm getting to the well, I got a question.
2: Nope. I got a question for Arts. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever made? And I know they have a Hasbro that's already carry on Eric, but have you ever made a custom Carry Von Eric?
3: I have not yet, and okay. um, it's-, it's the reason I say yet is because um, I have yet to really find a body that reminds me of Kerry Von Eric that is not that tornado punch like him and Tana- Tatanka had yeah. on the Hasbro. I've seen guys use Ultimate Warrior Series 2, uh, the just the chest, and then you have used the tornado uh, legs and then did a claw hand and then a fist hand. and It's great, but once you mash up so much... It becomes a Frankenstein, and parts have a chance of falling off. So, Carrie Von Eric well, did kind of look like I was Frankenstein. say. No, 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 no. This is my thing. Is my thing. <laughs> say
2: that they have had the like some of the heads are detachable. It needs a detachable foot.
1: Yes. You know, yes. It's yes. And it's yes. like oh, the foot fell yes. off. Gosh. Yes.
3: I, I actually see, I saw someone on uh, Instagram about a week ago selling a Legends Carrie Von Eric. And I don't know, and it was in, in Minton Box, and I don't know if they took it out once or what. But And I'm not joking, guys. The foot was detached from the figure <laughs> and rolling around in the box, and I literally laughed harder than I've ever laughed. And I, I wanted to leave a comment so bad, and I said, no, I'll get banned, or I'll get yelled at. I said, no. I, I and just, I left it alone.
0: I just, I just hear Fritz. I just hear Fritz. I just hear Fritz von Erich right now going, damn you, Mitchell, damn
4: you. (laughs) (laughs) It just just
2: just comes comes with like a dead cat.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know, here's the crack of, because we're going to be talking, you you said we're going to be talking about Intercontinental Champions. Yes,
0: our ten favorite Intercontinental Champions.
3: People are going to hate me for what I'm about to say right now. Um, And I'm sorry to the listeners, to anybody I offend right now. I wasn't a Von Eric fan until recently. Um mainly because I didn't grow up during that whole, you know, Texas wrestling WCCW time and the only thing that kind of made me a Von Eric fan was um their their sons that are in MLW. Right. because um, those two guys can go. They're they're like they're they're just like I, Kevin is the one that's still alive, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they remind me of Kevin because I went back and watched older Kevin videos of him wrestling and both of them moved like Kevin because Kerry was more of a muscle guy. He really didn't go for that speed unless he was in, you know, the ending of the match. So I, I, I'm sorry, but I was not always a Ron Eric fan until recently.
0: And I'm going to tell you right now, honestly, um, if you get a chance to go back and watch a lot of, of Texas, and I know we're getting off topic here, Well, we haven't got on topic yet, so we're still on right. topic. Um, if you get a chance to go back and watch a lot of the Texas stuff, actually, Carrie was decent. Kevin was really good. But the best of on Eric was actually David. Um, yes. I think that if he would not have passed away at the early age that he passed away at, he would have been a huge deal
3: in wrestling. That guy was. I, I agree with that. And he was really, really good. Um, you know, the last few months like I've watched to... him against the Freebirds, which is weird. Because I was a Freebirds fan. So I don't know how I never watched a Freebirds versus Von Erich match. Right. <laughs> My right.
2: personal favorite Von Erich is Lacey Von Erich.
3: Really? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Do you, you like bro- ever seen Lacey this?
2: Von Erich?
3: Yeah, I have. I watched her in TNA, and she was not anything that, I mean, smoking body, but the face. That's was, what I'm saying. I'm not like like saying her ability. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying her Huh. No, but her face—she looked like her. She looked like her dad. <laughs> you know, what I mean? she wasn't really oh, wasn't that. Oh, no, no. She the definitely should've been into beautiful people. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but, you know. her dad looked like a mentally challenged horse. Well, she, she, when she put that claw on people, that's what she looked like too. Was, let word, her I don't. Know why they let her use that move?
0: All right, let's, uh... <laughs> I, love
2: I was going to try to get through this show without having a beer, but
4: too late.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I pissed him off too quickly. He needs a beer.
4: Oh, I'm not pissed off. People cannot
2: hurt <laughs> so I off. know, I know. But Lacey Von Eric is, Whew, good
3: Lord. Hey, look, I've heard worse. Josh Blevins, who's a friend of mine and Nate's, happens to love Brooke Hogan, and I don't know why. So, he, oh, that's he, a he tr- and I are like about a man. month ago. Brooke H- Hogan is gorgeous. I'm like Brooke Hogan is Hulk Hogan in drag. She's like, what are you talking about? She's talented. I'm like, at what? <laughs> yeah, what is she talented <laughs> at? She's horrible sure at her last name is of- Yeah, I mean, damn.
2: She's probably a slightly better driver than her brother. It's a yeah. yeah, She's got yeah, a
3: yeah. Oh, too soon, but yeah, I agree.
2: <laughs> it's never it was too- like four it's,
3: years it's, ago. It's, it's ne-
2: Never yeah. t- it's yeah. never too
0: soon on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We don't let the bodies get cold here.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you no, know what was too soon was that guardrail. Ufa! <laughs> 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 I love it. I heard, I heard uh, Nick
2: Hogan got a job at a. <laughs> this is going to be at Chief- so bad. At Chiefs, he's got a job at Chiefs.
0: The grocery store. For those that don't live in Ohio,
2: yeah, yeah, he's, he, he works in the produce section. Because right. he's good at he's good at putting out vegetables. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, okay, okay. So now that we have given the listeners, did put mi- that? In a- mm. Now that
0: we He'll have given it. the listeners a ten minute <laughs> synopsis of how this show is going to go this week on the show. <laughs>
3: Wait, Wait a minute. Do we have any listeners listeners left after I debunked the Von Erickson? No. just talked about we're,
0: we're actually we're actually having people right now going, "You've got to listen to this." So we're actually gaining yeah. listeners right
3: now. <laughs> Controversy creates cash, that's, I guess. That's right. we <laughs> yeah, are telling
4: everyone to listen because of the offlandish shit that we're saying right now. And then by the time everyone tunes in, we're going to be talking normal wrestling shit. They'll be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> You promised something good.
0: <laughs> we're gonna talk as our as ten
2: as favorite. You can't wrestle. It's the first twenty-five minutes and the last fifteen minutes.
4: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> the shit in between. Nobody. Nobody gives a fuck about my opinion.
4: <laughs> so, so Monday Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> I thought we were talking about that Sunday. I haven't watched that shit yet. This.
4: This this is well, just the beginning and the end is decent and nobody gives a shit about the middle, so I was like, Oh, so it's like Monday night raw and, oh, I, and thought you me,
2: I thought you were like trying to like <laughs> push the podcast into like a wrestling thing and be like, Oh, let's talk about Monday night. Sorry, I misunderstood.
0: <laughs> Ten favorite intercontinental champions from each host this week, and we're gonna round out the show by talking about, you know. And you might be one of these people, and we're we're sorry. We're not really, but um, right, things but that people really. do that
3: make them douchebags. So, Nate, let me help you. We're like Maddie we're in the house. Sure we're we're like Maddie in the
2: house. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. not sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you guys know who Maddie in the house is, don't
0: you? Do You remember Maddie in the house <laughs> from ECW? Yes. Good God. That was, uh, that was some bad stuff.
3: It really was.
0: <laughs> it's tough getting through it. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to let the guests, our guests of honor, go first this week. Um, we'll start with you, Chris. Who is number 10 on your list of favorite Intercontinental Champions ever?
4: Um, I started my number 10 with who I remembered with the belt when I first started watching, and that would be Mr. Rick Rude. Rick Rude. That
2: high up? Wow.
0: So, Aaron, was he high on your list? Because I know Aaron's a huge Rude mark.
2: Yes, he was on my list. He was not... Well, I didn't put him like in order, order. I just wrote down the 10 guys. But Rude was on my list. And Rick Rude was a fantastic Intercontinental Champion. But, it, to me... Well, let's let Chris say his
4: piece. Well, like I said, the reason I put him at ten is it's when I first started watching wrestling, and I was young. And when you first start watching wrestling, like you're watching it, but you're not really paying attention. You know what I mean? You're just. But he's the one I remember as the Intercontinental Champion, just because it was fucking good <laughs> <real rude>. food. <laughs> <laughs> and. He actually closing can. the attitude, the, the Intercontinental title on his tights.
0: <laughs> Ru- Rude, Hogan, Savage, DiBiase. That is rare air. And when I say rare air, that is the four guys that could good, get a good match out of the Ultimate Warrior.
3: Okay, I could agree with that.
0: <laughs> so, Aaron, what were you going to say about Rick Rude?
2: Well, see, I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge Rick Rude fan. Always was, always will be. But I don't, when I think of Rick Rude, honestly, I don't think of Rick Rude as the Intercontinental Champion. You know what I think of Rick Rude as? I think of him as the United States Champion. I think think of him as being in WCW. Because I enjoyed Rick. Sorry, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, he is one of those guys that I, we've talked about this, I think, on the show before. He's one of those guys that I did enjoy more in WCW than I did in the WWF. Yep.
2: Yeah. But I did have to scratch Rude off my list because he was on my list. Now he's not. Thanks, Wood. You're welcome.
3: <laughs> no, I'll I'll uh, I'll jump in for a second and say I agree with Aaron. As great as Rude was in the WWE, they were never going to give him the ball to let him run and be what he wanted to be. Even though he was with one of the greatest managers, if not the greatest manager of all time, Bobby Heenan,
0: which um, surprisingly I he didn't want to be.
3: You, you, you'd think they would have gave him at least one world title run, even if it was for two months, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. just to see how he was with it, you know. But then when he got back to WCW, because he started in WCW with a tag team with Manny Fernandez, when he got Which back there. Which underrated in the
2: an underrated group. Right, they were. Manny Fernandez, Rick Rude, and Paul Jones. You know yep. what I call them? You know what I call them? What? They're the MWO.
3: The must- total. Mustache World, I like it.
2: I like fantastic it. Fantastic corn stashes. Each one of them is fantastic. You know, I, I have to Good. say,
0: I have to say, uh, the first, I, I thought Aaron has said Mustache World Order quite a few times to me, and it always makes me laugh. <laughs> However, the last time he said it, and I didn't, I wanted to save it for a show, even though I wanted to tell him, I wanted to get his organic reaction to this. The last time he said it, all I thought was "mustache, mustache, mustache." <laughs> <That's... laughs> Sorry, guys, <laughs> you, were, you were having a good, a good serious, good serious conversation there, and here I come in with my oh, stupid joke.
3: In in all seriousness, if I can be serious for a moment, <laughs> um, Rick Rude when he got back to WCW with Paul Heyman, and he debuted as the Halloween Havoc Phantom. And then destroyed Sting and immediately won the United States title. And then they even attempted to put the world title on him, but then they called it the WCW International World Heavyweight title. That was the defining moment of his career. He he ran WCW. And while Flair wasn't there and all the other heels were kind of, you know, small time. Rick Rude was making it, you know, in the big time. And And had he not got injured, I think he had another 10 years in him and might have ended up back in the WWE to get a world title shot by then.
2: And he also, like, his feud in WCW with Ricky Steamboat? Yeah. Fucking
3: fantastic. What about his feud with Dustin Rhodes?
2: That's a good feud, too. That, 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 That fucking Ricky Steamboat feud, there's some there's some hardcore shit in there. Like when he bashes him with that chair and yeah. like they accuse Ricky of like cheating on his wife and doing it, it it's, it's a fantastic thing. And I know we're going off uh, what, the and rails they, of him it, being the intercontinental champion, but
0: it's okay. I was going to say, you know, we talked about, you know, Archie talked about him being with Heyman and the Dangerous Alliance and all that. If you really think about it, if you look at the beginning, the beginning, and they kind of lost the focus of it as it went on, even though it was still a great faction. If you look at the beginning of the Dangerous Alliance, it is actually the NWO before the NWO. Because if you, remember, if you remember the first promos, Heyman said, we're coming in here to, to literally take over WCW yeah you know, he talked I, about I, how he had investors and they were coming in I, to, sure. to take over w so it was kind of it was kind of a tra- it was kind of a what do i want to say a trailblazer really
2: yeah and he, and it was cool that he was with Heyman and they were good together but like a lot of people discount um Root and Medusa
3: being together mm-hmm. yeah, see I was just that's a good point Medusa you, was kind of his manager and heyman was his advisor because Heyman wasn't always at ringside.
2: Yeah, and even after, like, you know, like, Heyman had, like, the beef with Medusa and was, like, calling her a bitch and this, that, and the other thing and all that, like, Rude stayed out of it, but Medusa was still with him, you, you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was kind of a cool thing because Rude was like, well, Heyman's my financial advisor or whatever, but Medusa's my girl. Right. Skin, but he's still with both of them and he's just like staying out of that shit. It, it was good
3: stuff. They were all heels, but yet you could see like maybe they were trying to tease one of them going face, but not really. And yeah. then they just decided to leave Root heel. There's no reason for him to be face. <laughs> yeah,
2: 92, 92 WCW is underrated.
3: It, it is, but that, that's because they weren't really... I mean, I just watched a a, a thing on YouTube recently that the The WCW executive or the TBS executives weren't really caring about WCW enough until Bischoff took over. So at that point, it didn't matter how great they were making the product. They weren't going to give them any more time or another show or anything. So it is underrated because TBS wanted it to be underrated. Yeah. Look what you did, Chris. Good
4: pull. on Rick Rude. (laughs) The thing is, like I said, Me growing up, I was never really WCW because who I watched it with my stepsister's dad and he watched WWF, and that's what I always watched. So I never, I didn't really know anything about WCW until late. So, I mean, a lot of these guys where you guys go on these WCW tangents, I'm just sitting here like I'm getting educated because I never really was a WCW person growing up. Mm
0: It's, it's worth going back and watching especially I think my favorite my favorite WCW isn't the Nitro era it's actually from probably um, 92 well 91 92 93 um, there's some garbage but that's every wrestling promotion um,
2: actually WCW is pretty good until like 94 when Hogan got there yeah. right. like if, if you want to watch just a stand, like oh man. I don't even want to say standalone because there's good stuff going into it. Like to me, the like apex of WCW is being its its own thing. I should I shouldn't say own thing, like being different than the WWF, like being a different presentation. The last great WCW thing is spring stampede nineteen ninety
3: four. That's when WCW ended for me. What was the whole? What was the main event of that? Because I can get it. Remember what the the whole card. The was. main event
2: of that was Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat.
3: Yes, when they reignited their feud from the eighties. Yes, yeah. wow! And, and oh. like,
2: it, it's just a fantastic pay per view. And if you just want to watch a standalone WCW pay per view, go watch Spring Stampede
3: nineteen ninety four. You know that's... It's interesting that you say that because I just recently was watching a lot of older WCW and Flair was again playing that heel face. And when Steamboat came back, he was still trying to be a face. But Steamboat brought so much out of him because their matches were unbelievable no matter when they fought. That Flair had to be the heel because the fans were cheering for Ricky so much. Yeah. yeah, that that is definitely an incredible pay per view. Yeah, uh, because uh, and, and, and like you said, it was the pre-Hogan. You know, Flair. Flair, yeah.
0: Flair had Flair was the face coming into that because Aaron Aaron said the the Spring Stampede, and and I agree that that you know that was that the Flair Steamboat stuff was great. But to me, to me, if we're talking old WCW, like I I think of of Starcade '93
3: with the Vader Flair main event.
2: And, oh, that's good you stuff.
3: know Flair, Flair, coming back Flair the came back and yeah. took the belt off Vader. Yeah, I mean, well,
2: I'm not saying that wasn't good. I'm just oh, saying, I know. Like, To, I know. to I me, know. that's the end of WCW being well,
3: like the last that, Yeah, that's the the Bischoff era comes in. He brings in Hogan, and then we get the Dungeon of Doom, mm. which was yeah, like, like WCW, good.
2: Like WCW was the wrestling <laughs> show, and right. WWF was the sports entertainment show, and then. Bischoff gets in there, does whatever he does, whatever, and then it just becomes sports entertainment all across the board
3: and cartoony years. sports entertainment. They were building doing some cartoony BS stuff between, yeah. like Bass Hogan Masters. in the Dungeon of Doom, and he's like,
2: yeah. "The water's boiling, but it's not hot." Right. It's,
3: well, yeah, fuck off. They're the giant off of a four-story building, but he walks. He walks back to the ring perfectly, like nothing <laughs> ever happened. How do you not? Oh. How, one, how was he not arrested for manslaughter? Yeah. And two, how did the giant just it's like I, I didn't? Mean, I didn't
0: see him bounce back up from that gigantic fucking trampoline. What is right. going on here?
3: Bobby
2: Heenan said that Giant should add a fish in his singlet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Archie, who's ten on your list of intercontinental champions?
3: Uh he's a little high but it's mainly because he grew out of the Intercontinental title uh, and then the WWE just <laughs> continued to put it on him. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to have to say Chris Jericho. All right. Sure. Jericho sure. said nine I'm or ten title it. reigns. He was on my list. Too. It, it, yeah, nine, or, nine or ten title reigns, but, I mean, in between, he was world heavyweight champion, undisputed champion, mm. world tag team champion, undisputed world tag team champion, like, he didn't have to be the intercontinental kind of title holder anymore, but they were like, you know what? We need a great mid-card guy. Put it on Jericho. Yeah. You know? Who's
2: going to have the, the- – reason, The reason I laughed was because Arch was like, he was a little high. I'm like, well, Jake was never the inter- – <laughs>
3: <laughs> And you leave Jake alone. He's back <laughs> in AEW <laughs> and he's going to – he, he <laughs> might get high again. I don't know. <laughs>
4: That's usually he what said happens. I that's, thought he was going to say RVD. So, that's, <laughs> that's
0: usually that's usually what happens when Jake gets a little bit of money. So, he makes hey, it I really
2: bet money. I bet when I bet when Jake walked in the locker room of AEW and he saw Orange Cassidy, he was like, "I bet that guy's dealing."
3: <laughs> <laughs> you mean they let the dealer backstage now? Damn, <laughs> I'm missing out. No, I'm more worried about Jake being back. Not because of him getting money, being around the boys again and being around all the, the wrestlers and probably getting anxiety and then just thinking, wow, I could really use some, some drugs right now and just running <laughs> off, you know. So
0: Jericho, yes, Jericho is, was on my list um, as well because I think that during the, especially during, say, the Attitude Era or <coughs> the, the late Attitude Era, the early 2000s, when, when titles kind of got to a point where they lacked meaning, Um, Jericho carried that title with pride, and you believed that he believed that he was the best in the world because he was the Intercontinental Champion. And to what you said, Archie, let's go back and put the title on Jericho because we have some younger guys, and the Intercontinental title is the stepping stone to the world title. And and why not have Jericho, one of the best workers in the world, work with these guys? Um, one One of my favorite Intercontinental title matches ever is and it's literally a throwaway pay-per-view. The rest of the pay-per-view is kind of garbage. But watch Jericho and Shelton Benjamin at Taboo Tuesday. Oh, 19- yeah. In 04. Um, one of my favorite IC title matches ever, you know. Um,
3: well, Shelton used to kill it against anybody. I mean, yeah. Shawn Michaels, Y2J, it didn't matter who he was fighting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as long as they brought the best out in him, he'd bring the best out on them. Exactly. But, see, this like, is my only Ryan. problem why. I'm um, putting Jericho so high whenever he would get back the Intercontinental title and they'd have him at a point where he could start working with younger talent, it would be, hey, let's let him feud with Rey Mysterio again. <laughs> and it be, Why? Yeah. Why? Mysterio doesn't need the Intercontinental title right now. That's good shit, pal. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Aaron, Chris, any thoughts on Jericho?
4: Um, I had him on my list. Like one of his matches when he for the belt involved was him and Benoit with the ladder.
0: Yeah, that's a yeah. SummerSlam, I believe. I think it's SummerSlam. Uh,
3: that that wall he... of Jericho across yeah.
0: the top of the ladder. Yeah,
3: that looked painful as hell.
0: I think it's SummerSlam <laughs> two thousand. I believe that match was. But yes, absolutely, Aaron. Well,
2: I mean, uh, Jericho. In my opinion, was like um, it's not the same thing, but it's kind of the same thing. He was the Intercontinental Champion in that era, and it worked because he was like um, the '80s, early '90s. It was like this is the the wrestler on your show, right? And so he was. He was. The, like, Kurt Hennig, Bret Hart of, like, the Attitude Era, uh, at least the Attitude Era when he came in. Right, yeah. He's gonna, no matter who you put Chris Jericho in the ring with, chances are he's gonna get something fucking out of him. Especially, especially when he's gonna have a goddamn good match. And it doesn't even need to be a match that has any story to it, you know? And I know he had stories and shit. But you could put Chris Jericho in there with anybody, and he's going to have a good fucking match. And that's what the Intercontinental Championship is supposed to be, in my opinion.
3: Still proven that to this day in AEW, he had a match with Jungle Boy that went 20 minutes, and he made that kid look like gold. And Jungle Boy's great, but he's still young, but he made that kid look like he was a main eventer. Yeah. You know? And and he's built like Adrian Adonis now, and he's still out there for a fucking great match. my wife looked, looked at the screen and said, why did Jericho get so fat? I'm like, honey, he's 50. He's, she's like, he's still a wrestler. He works out. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you.
2: He, he don't work out.
3: No.
4: But that match he had with Jungle Boy actually made me a fan of Jungle Boy because I was like, shit, this kid can go. Yeah, yep. Did you read Chris
2: Jericho's book when he was talking about getting into book. wrestling? When you read read his book, he's like, when I got into wrestling, I wanted to be Owen Hart. You know? I haven't read his book about when he got into music, but now he's like, I want to be Vince Neal. Well, I think he (laughs) hates Vince (laughs)
3: Neal. He definitely looks like him. (laughs) Did anybody see the new Jericho AEW figure, the little bit of the bubbly where it comes with the playset with the, the bottle? Pre-ordered it.
0: I, I pre ordered it on Ringside okay. collectibles, yes. Does
3: he look like <laughs> Mickey Rourke in he, The Wrestler to anybody? Or is it yes. Me?
0: Yes, he does, absolutely.
3: Now when you considered that he had a feud with Mickey Rourke over in the movie and then they made the figure <laughs> look like that, you'd think he's like shit,
4: you know?
3: God damn it.
4: <laughs> oh, and side note real quick. Uh, Nate, how you were bitching about how they didn't know how to book him. Uh, it came out, the reason that they uh, booked that match like it is, they didn't want to pull the WWE because apparently he's getting ready to go on tour in two months.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah,
4: So they wanted him to drop the belt now as opposed to how WWE would always have him on a streak until all the advertising for the door came out, and everyone was like, well, he's going to fucking lose. He's leaving.
3: Right.
1: So
4: they it had was, him drop the belt now.
3: I well, didn't and, expect him to lose to Moxley. I'll, I thought it was going to be at least a two, three month feud, and it still is, but it's not you know, I didn't expect Moxley to win that soon. Right.
4: But that's I don't why hate it,
3: though. They didn't want it obvious. Well, that, then that's good. Maybe, maybe they're doing something different than Vince's, because Vince, I didn't think Goldberg was going to win the title, but I certainly wasn't happy about it you know
4: ratings pal
3: yes some ratings aaron. roman reigns versus goldberg whoop do do no world title and no universal title at the elimination chamber Woo! that'll how did tony giovanni say it during nitro that'll put some butts in the seat
0: <laughs> it's a popcorn fart <laughs> aaron who's number 10
2: on your list number 10 on my list is a guy that i'm going to mention because he didn't have a great intercontinental title reign but he's a sentimental favorite. All right. It's Rowdy Rowdy Piper.
3: Good addition.
0: Good pull. And I'll say this and then I'll let you guys discuss it. I I did not put Piper on my list, but he would be up there for me somewhere because only, if anything, because him and Ben Brett is one of the greatest IC title matches ever at WrestleMania.
3: I 8. Can agree with that. His match with the Mountie was even good because of the story they told when he took off the shirt and the shot. He was wearing the water, you know, the, the sweatsuit, you know what I mean? And then the 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 jokes that he was throwing at Brett during the whole build-up to the match, Um, there was, was, was only one piece of baloney in the sandwich, but it was still a sandwich. Thank you, Mrs. Hart. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's good it, shit. Everything about that match was was great. So and, I, I would agree with Piper. And to me, it's great
2: because... The guy never needed a title, and he never had one, but he was always, and Nate knows this, he was always in, like, the top five of my, I'm gonna watch everything this guy does, he cracks my shit up, he's fucking fantastic, and I'm like a huge Roddy Piper mark, and just... Being able to say that he had that time as a champion in the WWF right. is, is fucking cool, you know? And it's something that once you get that, you can't take it away from anybody. And he, he, looking back, I wish he would have been like WWF champion at least once. And I understand why it never happened. But it was cool that Piper had At least one title run of some type in the WWF. Absolutely. In
3: my opinion. I I agree with that. Uh, um, He had the Intercontinental title run in the WWF, like Aaron said, and then they made him tag team champions with Ric Flair in the early 2000s just for the joke of it, I think, because they beat the Spirit Squad. Um,. And and then I don't remember how they lost the titles. I don't even remember who they lost the titles to afterwards. But the intercontinental title run that he had, and that was the good thing about when he got the title. He won the title, I believe, at was it Nate, like a Saturday night main event, I think?
0: It was um he actually he actually won the title at the Royal Rumble. Piper
3: did. Okay. Yeah, at the Royal uh, Rumble. Because, because the same Rumble flair went post-to-post. Yes, post.
0: yes, because then the big the big shtick during the Royal Rumble was Piper could walk out of the, the, the show as a, a dual
3: champion. Which would, would have been awesome to see. And then he had a three or a four-month reign because the Rumble to Mania now, there was no in-between pay-per-view. So, right. so even though he was defending the title, it was on Superstars or Sunday Morning's Challenge or whatever – and they weren't going to take the title off of him there. Mm-hmm. So he got a good reign with it. It wasn't just a, hey, you're the champion, but guess what? You're losing it in three weeks because Elimination Chamber is coming up like yeah. they do now.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Number 10 on my list is going to be a bit controversial, maybe. I don't know. Somebody might agree with me. <coughs> or you might all go, go tell me to fuck myself and put that on the douchebag list. But
3: I'm going to tell you that anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs>
0: Number ten on my list is actually is actually a more modern era champion, and it's Cody Rhodes.
3: I have a so problem. I, have <laughs> problem. I, had
4: him, I had him way lower on my list. <laughs> I had him like number four. Really? Oh,
0: so he's on your list? Okay. All right.
4: I I had him at number four because when Cody won the belt, he was doing the whole. Broken Cody, and everyone was hating him, but he was so devout to bring honor back to that belt, and, and he re it, it brought back and the classic look belt, and that like, is ex- people that. that, is- that- Hated him, fucking cheered him that night when he pulled that belt out.
0: That is exact yep. that is exactly why I put him on my list because in the modern era of wrestling where it's hard to find I mean, to be honest, guys, we've all been wrestling fans around the same amount of time. Some of us a little yep. later, some of us but we all remember okay, I can tell you this right now, guys. From when I started watching in eighty three until probably two thousand and one, I can rattle off the lineage of any championship. Yep. And then maybe. you you get into the modern era of wrestling. I don't know who was fucking sometimes I don't know who the I don't know who the Intercontinental Champion is sometimes last week.
3: Right. Because because so they you don't have to question who the champion is. Yeah, yep. They
0: don't make it feel important. And in this that's why I put Cody in this air, because in this well, era I I, uh, in this era, his character made that title feel important. And and one of the best, to me, honestly, one of the best, one of the best angles in, like, probably the past decade in wrestling, was him and Show going into Mania, for Show to win the Intercontinental Title. They did such a good job with that, and they don't do that anymore. They don't capture my imagination hardly
2: anymore. That's what I was to say. I couldn't put Cody on my list because I don't know who Cody beat for it.
0: Actually, he beat Ezekiel Jackson. Yes, but I had to Wikipedia that shit. So
2: I don't know who Cody lost it to.
0: He lost it to the Big Show at WrestleMania.
2: Was that the stupid fucking match where it was like a tables match and Big Show stepped on the table and lost?
0: No, no, yeah.
2: no.
4: That's that was that was the match. That was the match. That's how Big Show lost the belt.
0: Yeah, that was the match. The match where Big Show won it was Cody being a heel in perfection in their angle because it was built up that show wanted to get that. He, he, he'd he always been a loser at WrestleMania. And then he gets his shot at Cody at WrestleMania and beats Cody for the title see, at WrestleMania.
3: This is where I'll tell you to go fuck yourself, Tate. Uh, <laughs> because here's where I have a problem with this. See, I agree with that's you. Only okay. smoke,
0: that's only smoke and mirrors. Go ahead, George. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
4: see what you did there. My
3: problem with that was, is, okay, great. We're going to give the big show his WrestleMania moment. Did it have to be against Cody though? I mean, he was coming up and and doing something without the legacy, without anybody in his corner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They threw him in the tag team with Drew McIntyre, which went nowhere. Right. Uh, then you know, then he got the Intercontinental title, lost it to show, and then what did he do after that? Oh, we're gonna put you with Damian Sandow. Yeah. You know. So <laughs> you you gave Big show I mean, his I mean, moment.
4: And we're going to completely capitalize on the fact that you grew a really awkward porn stash.
3: (laughs) Right.
0: I didn't say... Now, hold on, guys. I said Intercontinental Champion afterwards. We ain't talking about that shit.
3: No, no, no. But I'm (laughs) saying that they should not have shit on his title reign... After that, just to give the Big Show a WrestleMania moment. Because guess what? Big Show has had WrestleMania moments, but it was on the losing end. He lost to Floyd Mayweather. He lost to uh, uh, John Cena and JBL and to The Undertaker. You didn't have to shit on Cody Rhodes to get to the Big Show's WrestleMania moment, which the Big Show winning the Intercontinental title didn't really impress me. Right? You and know I, what I mean?
0: And I, and I, you know, it's actually, I will go fuck myself because... <laughs> I say that because I agree with you on that part of it. I guess my biggest point was I thought that Cody did a great job.
3: He did, and that. he should have been rewarded and, by beating the show like and, a chicken shit heel and running out with the title and holding it five more months. And you're right till he lost also, somebody with ability.
4: But you also got to keep in mind what's his name?
3: Rhodes. Yes.
4: He's a he's a son Not of anymore. He's a son of
3: a dream baby. Yeah.
0: So Chris, who is number nine on your
4: list? Uh number nine on my list was Owen Hart. Ooh, cool.
0: I didn't have Owen on my list, but good pull.
4: Owen Hart. What? No, I didn't.
3: I didn't have a I didn't have Owen on my list either. No. I, I had him I'll be honest, I had him real high up. I had him at number two on my list.
0: Okay. So Chris, why Owen, and then Archie, and then uh, Aaron and I can eat some crow?
4: Um, it's going to sound really bad, but for me, I put Owen on there because for some reason, they never hold the trigger and let that man step out of the shadow, mm-hmm. and that's the best shot he got, and he did Everything he could with it. No, no doubt. He took it and he ran as best as he could. That's why I put him on the list. And because I, because Vince never pull the trigger. He would never showcase Owen like he showcased Brett. Right, right. And once he got the shot, he ran with it.
3: Absolutely. I I could agree with that. With what Chris just said. Oh. When he was given the ball, Owen was like a running back that got to get them to the to just at the four-yard line but didn't get to go in for the touchdown. And, yeah. you know, it, it was like, okay, you get to run the ball, kid, but you ain't scoring tonight. Oh, Okay, coach, no problem. And it was because Owen was a team player that he would do it. And to go back to what Chris said, he never spotlighted Owen the way he did Brett. And it kind of makes you wonder that whole storyline where Owen would say mom and dad love Brett best, if maybe he was really saying Vince loved Brett best, because there was never any proof that, you know, Helen and Stu Hart didn't love all their kids the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. So it was like they were playing off that Vince didn't want to give Owen the right shot. Owen, as the Intercontinental Champion, or any champion when he was in the WWE, always made a title look special, like you said with Cody. Even with Yokozuna at his heaviest, he made those tag titles look awesome. Yes. Matches (laughs) with... Steve Austin for the title when he broke Austin's neck. He still did business and let Austin roll him up and take the title from him. Matches with a young rock. Matches with Shawn Michaels. Matches with anybody. Even these... He made Kevin Nash, who was could have broke his big toe by taking one step, look credible. More credible He's than talking, Brett ever did. He fucking dropped see, it to this Bob. He dropped it to Bob. Right.
2: And, <laughs> and I might... I, I don't want to interrupt anybody. Sorry. No, go, ahead. go ahead. I didn't put Owen on my list because I'm not discounting what Owen Hart was. Okay? Because in a lot of ways, Owen was better than Brett. I agree. I was going to say
4: the same thing. Thank you.
2: I agree. You're welcome. You're welcome. But Owen was a lot was better than a lot of people between the ropes. <clears throat> but a lot of what you guys are saying about Owen, I think, is transplanted into, like, kind of what I was saying about Roddy. Like, you
3: feel he didn't need the title?
2: He didn't. He, well, well, the fact that he wasn't looked at as the guy that could, like how Archie said, could get the ball into the end zone.
3: But how do you know that unless you let him have a shot with it? Yeah, you know what I mean? That's but, my, but he's, uh, the, he's the
2: guy that can it. get you there. But I
4: think, the, I
2: think I the difference this guy's like, like Vince McMahon looked at like a Roddy Piper is this is the guy that can help get Hogan down the field. But we're going to let Hogan spike the ball. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. a lot of what it was like with Owen. And I might be I might be talking stupid. I don't know. But...
4: No, I honestly I agree with you, but I think where it differentiates between Owen and Roddy, Roddy didn't have that DNA link sibling monkey on his back like Owen did. Yeah, and and Roddy Roddy honestly didn't need the belt because he also didn't have to try to fucking bust his ass even more to outshine someone that got the spotlight. Right, well, I, I, I know that. I'm just I'm just saying that. In front of the spotlight.
2: I'm just saying it's kind of similar in the fact oh, that this is. Is, I, this guy's guy ten times better than the guys you're on you're going with, but that might be the reason why you don't do it because he's gonna overshine who you
3: want to go with yeah but but see this is and I, I look i I agree with you Aaron you you actually spoke greatly when you said what you said, yes, you don't want to put someone at the highest caliber at the championship spot, because then who will ever beat them and dethrone them? But that's where the storytelling comes in. Like, for instance, Brock Lesnar right now in modern era is the unbeatable beast, unless your name is Seth Rollins. Um, And um, they're building Drew McIntyre to be the guy that will destroy Brock Lesnar and make him credible. Had they built Owen to be the world heavyweight champion, and then let's say... Three years after he was, you know, a year after in his title run, here comes Chris Jericho into the company or The Rock or Stone Cold. And you build them up to be that, you know, underdog. When they take the title off for him, it means more. As opposed to, oh, well, Brett didn't have the title for six months, so let's let him roll up Diesel at the Royal Rumble and take the belt back. But now he's going to feud with Joe Sid. You know, it... Yeah. it that's what I why I say Owen should have been given a little bit more than just a few more run here and there with, you know, any title. I agree. <coughs> I
4: mean, I honestly think they're gonna run into the same issue with the I C title right now. Yes. And honestly what I'm hoping for is I pray to God that this, <laughs> this whole handicap thing that Sammy is the one that scores the pin. I agree because with you. Then Maybe finally people will see that Sammy is an amazing fucking athlete.
3: Well, it opens up the door to let Sammy now feud with Cesaro and Nakamura and Braun. Because if he steals the feud, uh, steals the title, then now Cesaro and Nakamura don't care for him anymore. Nakamura can go back to being a face, which was where he was excelling, and Cesaro could be the maniac wrestler like he always wants to be the cyborg, you know? Mm hmm. So
4: we all know that how is. that's going to
3: happen. Yeah, I, I think for He's some. He's a big guy, pal. Reason, no, I know. I feel they're going to take the title off of off of Braun, but they're going to do something real stupid and and in, in, and induce a, a free bird rule for the intercontinental title for a few weeks until well, May. Yeah. on for the
4: bench.
2: Well, I think that um, I've started trying to get back into like making myself watch wrestling again. Okay? Uh, kind of a last no. in. But I watched a SmackDown recently, and Braun Strowman's the Intercontinental Champion right now, correct? Yep. yep. And the Intercontinental Championship it's itself ugly. is fucking
3: ugly. <laughs> um, yeah, um, they... they- I- that was a swing and a miss.
4: <laughs> that I a dusting I, I think it looks nice if it was an AEW because it fits their motif. It doesn't fit with everything else because they've cookie cut every other title.
2: That belt looks ter- terrible. That belt's like a chick that you like see at the club. <laughs> and, and the lighting's a little off. And you're like, man, she looks good. Oh, so, and then you are do it, and you're like, Oh no! no you're talking about the you're,
4: ta-
0: you're talking about the time in the not that music. You're talking about the time of the night where somebody's playing "Stroke It." <sighs>
4: <laughs> That's late. You're you're, late. you're referring to what I call stripper hot. They're they're really really ah, attractive until the house lights come on and you see what they really look like. Then
3: and then you're like, give me back my dollar. <laughs> I want my dollar
2: back. <laughs> <laughs> You're like bitch. You should have a a fucking. Remember when we used to go to the arcade. Yeah, and Chase. you would have like the coin belt on, and he'd be like chink chink, like you'd give him a dollar, and then he'd be like chink chink, and then he'd give you a couple quarters. But, Girl, you should have one of them coin belts on.
3: Well, the Intercontinental title is hideous. Uh, again, after everything Cody did to bring back the original look, and then you brought that. Gaudy thing out and handed it to of all people Nakamura. Man. You know, it was like, it was almost like they were screaming, "Look, we know you were used to be in 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 New Japan, so we wanted to make the title look like a New Japan title, but we failed miserably. So just here, <laughs> here's some garbage."
4: That's what, that's what I'm saying it looks nice. If it was an AEW, it's because just the the proportions of it and everything it goes more with how they have the tall yeah. belt W. Archie, who Don't,
3: is was that
0: Archie? Who's number nine on your list?
3: Number nine on my list would have to be. Uh, hold on, let me get to my list again. Sorry about that. My phone. Down.
4: You had one job.
3: Yeah, yeah, I flubbed. But you could ask Nate. Nate, I flub constantly. It's no big deal. It's no big um, deal.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's tied well, up in its headphones. I he's my avoiding guess. the list like it's an AJ Styles figure or
3: something.
0: I think last time we recorded together, he called it the We Can't Be Plumbers podcast. So, no, yeah. it's all right.
3: Yeah, it's something cool. like that. Uh, number number nine on my list for uh, former Intercont- good Intercontinental Champions. Um, I, I may not like him right now because I'm not understanding the character Seth Rollins has been a good intercontinental champion though in the past. So for the modern era, mm-hmm. I'd have to say Rollins at number 9. Rollins
0: is a consistently good wrestler. Yeah. And I mean, you can say whatever you want about, you know, how and that that's some of the problem with the modern product which I won't drone on about it, but you have you have I mean amazing athletes and amazing bell-to-bell yeah. performers and they're just booked like shit you know so it's not yeah. their fault so no. yeah i mean i would definitely say if we're talking about the intercontinental title being the workers title i mean
4: definitely said, i don't even remember him having that belt
3: <laughs> i think he's had three times
4: mm-hmm. i don't remember
3: yeah i think nate is it two or th- it's like two or three it's, times isn't it
4: i think it's three yeah i'm pretty yeah. sure it's three
3: so, you know, and- the, the last reign that he had, though, got really convoluted because they brought him into the tag team with Dean Ambrose before Ambrose was going to leave, and they became the tag champions at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm all for a double champion, but when you... Oh, wait,
4: was that was that the summer of Seth and Dolph all goddamn... Yes. Okay, yes. yeah. Yes. Okay.
3: That's probably why you checked out, because that was a really long draw. <laughs> was almost as long and drawn out of a feud as Corbin versus Roman was this last winter. Um, but I, Seth Rollins, though, I mean, whether it was against Dolph Ziggler for the 177th time, um, Dean Ambrose, um, you know, he, the thing of it is, I like a champion. And I I'm not a John Cena fan. I want you guys to understand that. Um, I like John Cena the person, not the wrestler, Same. but when John Cena had the United States title and did that open challenge and brought in all the NXT guys and the younger guys to to defend the title against, that was great to me, because you're showing the the guys on the main roster, the fans, new talent. Seth Rollins was kind of doing that as well, but he didn't have a fancy name for it. He was letting younger guys challenge for it, and even though he won, it was a 20-minute classic. And that he reminded me a lot of like Ricky Steamboat and, and, and Macho Man Randy Savage giving guys a chance, even though they're not going to win, they're still getting a shot at the title that they normally wouldn't be getting a shot at. Yes. So.
4: Do you know what bugs me the most about Seth Rollins right now, though? What? Remember the Monday Night Raw where he ran that like half show gauntlet match and it was absolutely amazing.
3: Yeah, it was like 58 minutes long or something like that.
4: And now he comes out and you're like, oh, time to go take
3: a piss. <laughs> yeah. And it's... Yeah. Well, it's, that's, it's how yeah, does that happen? It's the booking. It's the booking. It's Vince's booking. It's the booking. But see, again, again, now, I'm, I'm, this is the only other thing I'm going to interject about this, and then I'll let you guys talk about Seth. This is what I don't understand. You want quick matches, but you have three hours to cover on Monday night. Why aren't they getting 20-minute matches? I mean, you could have because two 20-minute matches in an hour. Because
4: we have to have the retarded ass, uh, I'm going to go steal an ambulance and I'm <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go do this. And you got to have all this backstage bullshit that still doesn't even help with any goddamn stories at all.
3: No, Just, you're absolutely right.
4: It's like vegan marshmallow fluff. It's there, but it's absolutely fucking disgusting. (laughs) Good
3: point. Good point. Aaron? What?
0: Anything on on Seth Rollins, or do you want to give us your number nine?
2: I think Seth Rollins is miscast as a motherfucker, but we'll talk about that (laughs) on Sunday. Um the next guy on my list is a guy that I'm surprised nobody has mentioned yet.
4: Well we're only I two know.
2: in. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm surprised nobody's mentioned him yet.
4: Well because I, we actually kind of somebody... huh? Because we actually kind of rank ours in like ooh, you just go named I can feel the arid go-fuck-yourself glare right now. Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I felt it too.
2: <laughs> you could fill a thimble with how much I care about what you just said. Um, he,
0: to- he, told me, he told me he was going to Bobby Heenan you tonight, Woods, so there you go.
2: <laughs> but anyway...
4: I've missed you too, Buttercup.
2: Anyway, the guy <laughs> on my list... I'm going to mention next is a guy that I'm surprised nobody's mentioned yet, and it's Razor Ramon.
4: He's on
3: my list. He's on my list. (laughs) He was actually
4: next on my list. Well, like I said, should have mentioned him.
0: (laughs) Razor Ramon, mate.
2: Maybe you shouldn't make a fucking list. Maybe you should just speak your mind and say who you feel, man. (laughs)
3: Oh my god.
2: Early 90s. The fucking Intercontinental title was Razor Ramon's belt. That was Scott Hall's fucking belt. Five it, 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 it it didn't it didn't look right on anybody else other than Scott Hall. In my opinion. Razor five, Ramon.
3: Five title reigns, right?
2: I believe so, yes. Yeah.
3: He was the first
4: one that won it three times and the first one that won it four times.
2: And and
4: never had
2: a bad match. True. Like like he would he would be the best thing about some bad pay-per-views. And it, it just like I said, the belt just looked right on the guy. You know what I mean? Like A lot of people say, oh, that guy was the Intercontinental Champion, but he should have been the WWF Champion. To me, (laughs) like, Razor Ramon is the WWF Champion. Wouldn't have looked right. True. Like, does that make sense?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I I I
2: don't want to be talking about my ass. I don't want to be talking about my ass or whatever, but I just think that
4: I don't think it would have looked right, but I think the fan base would have ate it up. Oh yeah, they probably and would they, have.
3: And, if and they stripped him. And I honestly think
4: it probably, Olympic. I think it would have went over better than Nash.
2: Probably.
3: probably. Well, I mean, Nash had his niche for a couple of months, and then people just grew bored of him because he wasn't really wrestling anybody capable. It was Mabel and Yokozuna was who he was challenging. So a big lumbering guy versus a big fat guy, it didn't work, but. I think had they stripped the Razor Ramon gimmick from him, not completely, because he that was Scott Hall, but and made him like more like he was in WCW, he could have won the world title in WWF. Like let him go bare bones, you know, and just be himself. Um, but yes, he was a great Intercontinental Champion. Um, I think my favorite title win of his was when, and mind you, I'm an HBK fan. When Sean lost his smile and got beat up by the nine guys in Syracuse and had to t- hand the title over to Shane Douglas at uh, 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 in your house pay-per-view, and then they're like, oh, wait, you have to defend the title tonight, and then Razor Ramon walks out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And after 15 or 20 minutes, beats Dean Douglas clean, and he did, looks at the camera and he goes, it used to be three, now it's four. You know, He holds up the four fingers, and it was like, wow. This guy is legit. So. I agree, and, and
2: a lot of people say that um, fucking Shawn Michaels had a match with a ladder at WrestleMania 10. It's like, no, there was another fucking guy in
3: there. You no, know, they both made that match. They made that fucking match. Both of really them. The one at SummerSlam was just as good. Yeah. The one at and SummerSlam he, was better. Yeah, and... and um. People talk
2: about, like, um, Brett's matches with Diesel. If There's some Razor Ramon Diesel matches when, when Razor was Intercontinental Champion. They were really good.
3: Well, those two guys, yeah, they, they knew each other backwards in front and trusted each other to do anything with it, one another, so they and, were going to let each and, other it, peel off.
2: And Razor, Nate, we've talked about this a lot. Razor was the Intercontinental Champion in an era that the WWE doesn't like to talk about a lot. Because they weren't setting records. They weren't setting ratings on fire. They were selling out the fucking fern gardens or whatever that had like two thousand people in it, if that. Like they like Razor was the Intercontinental Champion at the time that when you would watch Monday Night Raw, you could see the back wall of the arena or the building they were in. You know what I mean? So it's an era that gets discounted, but Scott Hall, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels were the fucking ring generals at that time. And I think that's part of the reason that Scott doesn't get talked about enough because he was the Intercontinental Champion in a time that that company doesn't like to look finally back on <clears throat>
0: my number nine and then we will take our first break um and uh, i i think as the list goes on we're gonna have we're gonna be have a consensus
2: um but, i'm just saying i'm not wrong about razor Ramon, no right? absolutely not no razor, not at all razor
0: Ramon at all. Is, i had
3: him, i had him in my top five i'm not gonna lie yeah, to you he, he was num- he was five.
0: he was number six on my list so we were all in agreement on on the number
3: name. six on your
2: list, number one in your heart, Chico. <laughs>
0: number nine on my list is, and it, I have to say, it's kind of it's kind of like Chris was talking about Rick Rude. Um, like one of my first memories of wrestling, the Intercontinental Champion was the Macho Man Randy Savage.
4: Wow, good call. Um, I can dig it. Um, he, I had him as my number one. Okay. I had him at at number three. I I I didn't have him on my list.
0: I think Randy, and and I can see why you wouldn't have him on your list, Aaron, because I I debated about putting him in the top ten just because if you think about it, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand grand history of the championship, he actually wasn't the champion that long.
4: But Um, he made it so goddamn important. Yes,
3: yes, and that's why, you know, you – i mad that one match made the Intercontinental title bigger than it could ever have been.
0: Exactly.
3: In yes. Steamboat, you know,
0: you know, him and Steamboat is, is, is probably my third favorite mania match ever. My, my two favorite mania matches ever are angle and Michaels at 21 and Taker and Michaels at 25, but Savage and Steamboat is right behind that. And, it is like you said. It's the. It's probably the most iconic intercontinental title match ever. Definitely. Um, and Savage. And this is taking nothing away from Steamboat, but Savage felt like he was the champ. You know, I mean, he. And Steamboat's title reign probably could have been better had it not been for politics and 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 Steamboat's wife and blah blah blah. And I'm not taking anything away from Ricky, but he's not in my top ten. Um, I know. Ricky
2: was kind of a. Never mind. Don't
0: say that. <laughs> Um, but Savage, <laughs> Savage. Just to me, like I said, for me, it's kind of like Chris was mentioning with Rude. It's just kind of an, an iconic, iconic image in your mind as a fan,
3: right? Well, what I'll for say me, it, the
4: reason uh, I, go
3: ahead, no, no, go ahead, Chris.
4: I was going to say the reason I had him at number one is because out of everybody on my list. He was the one, he made that title, he took it, and that was his world championship. Mm-hmm. The fact that, granted, it might have been a countout, but as Intercontinental Champion, he beat Hulk Hogan. Right. Right. He right. did everything. That's probably why I didn't have him so low on my list. I had him as number one because the way he presented himself, it wasn't the workhorse
3: Felt when he had it, it was I feel like the main stuff. title, right? See, my thing with savages, and I'll go back to what Nate just said: one of the most, if not the most iconic, intercontinental title matches of all time, and it was because Savage made that match. Ricky, if Ricky would have went up against anybody else at WrestleMania three, that would have been an ordinary match. And it would not have been talked about. People would have been like, "Who did Ricky beat for the Intercontinental title?" And you'd have to go Google it. You know, <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. But when that they they brought the house down. That by the time it got to Hogan and Andre, the fans were still cheering, but they didn't pop big until Hogan slammed Andre. You know what I mean? Exactly. So because they were that, spent. Was, right, they were spent exactly, and it oh. took that big moment for them to go, "Ooh, okay, we want to be in this again." But it was because of Savage and Ricky Steamboat that that Mania was so big, in my opinion. And Ricky uh, Hogan, was a Hogan, Hogan champion. Uh, Hogan, H- H- I think H- it was. I think it was when
2: when King Kong Bundy squashed that little midget. <laughs> <laughs> good
3: point. Good point. I think it was Lord Littlebrook. I think he squashed
2: or something. I no, he squashed a little beaver. <laughs> <laughs> beaver. <laughs> But I, <laughs> and I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I know it was I, when Macho Man arranged seven Savage match, but Bob Euchre was like, yeah, there's a lot of little beaver running around here.
3: <laughs> it's on one my, of the but, best signs in commentating history. Without a doubt. And it's Bob Euchre who delivered a lot of them, but on, definitely one of the best. In March of
0: 1987, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant brought 93,000 people into that arena. But in 2020, hey. in March of 2020... The reason we love that pay-per-view is Steamboat and Savage. Yep. Hogan and Andre. And Bundy smashing that beaver. And
2: and Bundy smashing that, and, beaver.
0: And and Bundy smashing that <laughs> beaver with Bobby watching. What a crazy night that was. You know, it,
3: <laughs> to just To just end, end my point, Savage may not have held the title long, but Savage had that title and, and brought prestige to it because at that point, people were still going, what's an intercontinental title? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, they who where did he win it? Rio, Rio de Janeiro? What what <laughs> tournament? What you know what I mean? It was like, and then Randy Savage got it. And was like, oh shit, this guy's a champion. You know, right. and it was it, the lead way into him being a champ of, of the world heavyweight champion. So it made sense. It was well, the perfect.
4: Well, okay, you, give, perfect you give that man a mic, and it was over. Yeah,
2: Patterson won it in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. And- He's yeah. a guy that doesn't know anything about Smash and Beaver.
4: And now
0: the <laughs> now now the intercontinental champion might be uh, El Generico. So there you go. All right, we that joke fell flatter than a plate of piss. All right, guys, we are going to.
3: I your but I just I don't know. It, 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 <laughs>
0: they can't all fucking be good, Jesus. You're, all right,
3: you're right. Fuck that, you. Man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Go fuck yourself.
2: Go fuck um, yourself, mate. <laughs> we, are <going> to, <laughs> we are going to
0: take our first break of the show, as much as I'm loving it. And when we come back, we will have more of our lists of favorite intercontinental champions. And I'm making a list as I talk to these three guys about douchebags. We'll be right back with <laughs> oh, more.
3: God. We're all
0: <laughs> Of the We Can't Wrestle podcast.
3: <laughs> well,
2: well, well. You can't. Wrestle. So what did you do? You went out there and you started a podcast. You got that right. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: you're listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And I am Brian Pillman Jr. The We Can't Wrestle podcast is a podcast
0: about wrestling and a bunch of guys that don't know how to do it. But I, Brian Pillman Jr., am very good at pro wrestling. So I don't need to start a podcast
4: called the we can't wrestle podcast but i'll gladly put my name on the brand i'll gladly go on the line to say that the we can't wrestle
0: podcast is one of the most informative most balanced non-biased podcasts
3: out there thank you very much and have a good listen
0: all right wrestling fans welcome back to the we can't wrestle podcast (laughs) (laughs) Aaron is Mick, is Mick Foley horse
1: laughing me right now,
0: like a prick.
2: Mickey DiPaolo made a card that nobody knew about. <laughs> Welcome
1: back.
2: Welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Sometimes it's better
0: off the air than it is on the air. But we are talking intercontinental champions this time around on the show. And uh, we have covered quite a few so far. So now we're going to see, I think, as as I said, the list goes on. We're going to start knocking guys off each other's lists. I know uh, I've already knocked uh, Cody and Savage off of mine, Razor Ramon, Chris Jericho. So, Chris, you are next. Who is next on your list of favorite Intercontinental Champions?
4: Uh, Chris
3: Benoit.
0: I did not have Ooh, him on my list.
3: You said it. Ooh. Chris
0: comes on the show. Chris comes on the I'm show, not, and everybody's like, dun, 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 dun,
4: dun. "It's okay. I don't get a paycheck by Yeah, we don't. Nobody.
0: Nobody gets to pay, gets paid to be here anyway. So you can say yeah. whatever you want.
3: <laughs> if Vince ever picks this up for the for the network, then we'll dub out the Vince yeah. yeah,
0: it'll be combustion
3: <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that being said, Chris, go ahead, and and I'm gonna I'm going to I'm going to be more in agreement than disagreement with you because I I have a position on Benoit at this point that is uh, probably very similar to yours. But go ahead, Chris.
4: Um, I have him on my list because the IC title is the quote unquote workhorse title.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: When he got that title he lived up to that staple of that title. Whenever that he was going to the ring and that belt was on him, you knew whoever was going to try to take it, they better have packed a fucking lunch. Yes. And And do I agree and support the man and what he did? Absolutely not. But it cannot... I'm one of those people... What he did and the atrocity that occurred... Still can't take away what he accomplished and what he did in that ring.
0: And that's 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 a that's what I was gonna say about Benoit. So we'll open the can of worms. Is at this point do I ever think they should put him in the WWE Hall of Fame? No, because
2: that's a stupid argument. Like people, go, oh Chris Benoit should be in the Hall of Fame. No, he shouldn't.
0: He shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because it's about it's a, a lot of times it's about more than what they did in the ring and also. The Hall of Fame, no wrestling Hall of Fame, there's not, whether you're a WWE person or a fucking Dave Meltzer person or whoever, other than the one in Des Moines or whatever that has an actual building, there's not a real wrestling Hall of Fame anyway. It's all subjective. WWE should never put him in the Hall of Fame because the Hall of Fame is a publicity stunt anyway. However... Can you discredit what the guy did in his career before he became a monster? Before he did what he did? Absolutely not. He was one of the greatest wrestlers that ever lived. Um, so I, I will not, I will not discredit what Chris said because I agree with what he said. When that guy came to the ring, you knew you were going to get a good match, and anybody that says that they didn't now is a fucking liar. And yeah. that is that's that's
2: my stance on it. And I'm. In the same boat, like, where people are like, oh, I can't even watch his matches anymore. It's like, no, I can still watch a Chris Benoit. You're
4: not a wrestling match. fan.
2: <laughs> I can still watch a Chris Benoit match. I mean, I'm not going to lie that and say that, you know, I don't think about it. But I can, once the match starts going, I can, I can watch a Chris Benoit match and still enjoy it. Yeah. But... I don't. I, I don't want to talk to It's tougher. It's tougher.
0: Let me say this: it's tougher to watch Benoit after like '04, if that makes sense. Like, because you're getting closer and closer to the tragedy. I guess. Um, but that—that's kind of the, you know, I, like the early stuff. It doesn't even.
4: You know, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm more. I'm more different than that. Well, see, like, like for me, Ben Wall was my gateway into WCW.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Like when I first started watching WCW, he was who I seen. So that's probably why I'm of the opinion that I am. Because <clears throat> when I started watching WCW, there was this Chris Ben Wall dude, and he was a fucking beast then. See, to me, I was like, oh, shit.
2: See, to me, it's easier, like with with what Nate said, with like after 2004 or whatever, you know? To me, it's easier watching Chris Benoit in WWF than it is watching him in WCW. Because
0: you don't have Nancy around? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's weird. And I get past it. I'm like, eh, I'll get past that. But that's weirder, and it's gonna get into like a whole wormhole that I don't want to talk about.
3: Maybe but. we say this Benoit. Maybe Benoit, we... the wrestler, was a great wrestler. Was by far the he was the standard bearer in a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I first saw Chris Benoit in WCW in 1992 when he came from New Japan for that. Few months and then yeah, watch were, that
2: match he has with Two Cold Scorpio.
3: Right, everything exactly. was a clash of the champions, and they they those guys blew it up. I mean, oh, they were, were fucking
2: fantastic.
3: That, that had a great catches catch can match, and then went to the air, and you were like, oh, they do this too, you know. It, but then he disappeared, and then I was flicking the, my first ever vision of ECW. I was flicking through the channels, and they got on a channel they were on. I didn't realize we even got that channel. And it was Chris Benoit lifting up Sabu and dropping him on his neck.
0: One of and, the, yeah, I, I don't mean to cut you off, Archie. No, go ahead. Um, but yeah, that is, that's what I was going to say. My first, and, and I remember the Scorpio Benoit match, you know, right. hind, hindsight, he was in
3: a big thing, right. You know, and, he was still just the young up and comer.
0: My first vision of Benoit as a, as a major player, is the, the promo video they did after he broke Sabu's neck where, yep. he's, where he's in like the denim vest jacket and he's, 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 he's doing the thing with his hands and he's cutting that very slow, deliberate promo. That captured my imagination. That's what I always say about wrestlers. I like a wrestler once they capture my imagination. Until they capture my imagination, they're just a guy on the show.
3: Nate, this is going to sound maybe stupid. You guys might say I'm stupid. But he was in the triple threat in ECW with uh-huh. and Cohen and Shane Douglas back then. And every time he cut a promo, I always said, man, this guy should be a horseman. Yeah. And then he went to the WCW and became a horseman. And I went, shit, this guy proved himself. Uh-huh. But then he came to WWE in an, in a an incredible storyline, which they, they masked, they actually painted that storyline of them leaving WCW and going right to WWE with no, no compete clause or anything like that. And he caught fire and Chris Benoit, you see, I, I agree with Chris. When you say that the intercontinental title is the workhorse title. Yes, it is. But I've always also seen the intercontinental title as a stepping stone or a foot in the water, meaning If they put that title on you and you do great with it, guess what? You're in line for a world title run somewhere down the line. And Benoit did that. He won the Intercontinental. He won the European. He won the tag. And then next thing you know, he wins the Royal Rumble and he becomes the world champion. So he used the Intercontinental title for what he needed to for his purpose. So he was a great Intercontinental champion. As far as the whole devastation and what he did to his family... It's horrible. It's it's un, ungodly. Um, do I believe there were other factors involved? Yes, but that's another story. I think after the, um, you know, there's a, a, that, that show that comes on. Oh, um, Dark Side of the Ring. of the Ring. I think after that episode airs, Nate, you need to do a We Can't Wrestle podcast about it. We could talk about it then. Definitely. Um, it but,
4: really awkward, too, because apparently Jericho is actually narrating that episode.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm which is kind of weird, but, you know, how someone so close to what was going on could do that, but whatever. I'm interested to hear what Chavo said, you know, has to say about it because he talked to him and whatever. But mm-hmm. as far as Chris Benoit, the Intercontinental Champion, goes, he was a great Intercontinental Champion.
0: So, Archie, that brings us to the next person on your list that has not, if it has not been knocked off of your
3: no, has not been knocked off my list, and it's going to be weird. We're going to get a little weird here. Um, <laughs> he's a, he's I'm, a favorite. I, I, um,
0: want, I want to tell you, I'm going to isolate that clip right there. Okay. We're going to. That's going to be that's going to be the beginning of the show from now on. Just Richie going. Weird. It's going to be a little weird here.
3: <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, our buddy, our buddy Patrick Mancinetti, loves this guy. And even though he was only champion for like a month, the storytelling behind that title reign and that title win was epic in my opinion. Marty Janetti.
2: Okay. Oh That's a good choice.
3: <laughs> it's yeah.
2: a it's a Marty party, baby.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah, shout I don't want to go to a Marty party, buddy. Oh. Shout out Patrick Mancinetti, who might be – he says he's not a fan, but I think he's the biggest Marty Jannetty fan I've ever met in my life. <laughs> um, Marty left after he got thrown through the window, and then all of a sudden attacks Shawn Michaels outside of Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. and they battle, and he he fights Shawn at WrestleMania, but he can't get the job done, and Sherry turned on Shawn, and then all of a sudden he comes back and fights him on Raw again and wins the title with Mr. Oh, uh, and he's wearing
2: the hoodie? That's
3: yeah, good shit. yeah i they they told the story for that belt more so than I've seen them recently tell a story for anything and anything. That, that even includes you know Rusev and Lana yeah you know, the, the storytelling behind that title change was amazing,
0: and you know it's they they ne- okay Sean and Marty never had a bad match, obviously nope. um And they, and and I have to, this is a sidebar. We do lots of sidebars here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, those of you listening for the first time. But at the Royal Rumble 93, uh, Sean and Marty have a title match. And this is before, (laughs) this is even before what what Archie's talking about, where they had the Monday Night Raw angle. Um, One of my favorite Bobby Heenan lines is uh, Sean throws Marty into the turnbuckle post with Marty's shoulder, and Bobby says, that'll make your shirt fit funny. But anyway, (laughs) um... Yeah, I, I, you know, he's... Bobby
2: like- going, oh, oh, they'd never break up. <laughs> they'd never break up.
3: See, I told One you. One told the you with I, to- anything. I told you, man. It
2: would be great. And then he throws him through the window.
3: And he's like, oh, I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> when he says, Janetti is a coward, he tried to jump through the window. <laughs> <laughs> God, as a kid, as a kid. Kid watching that scene, I was in tears. The Rockers <laughs> are breaking up, but as an adult, I go, "Jesus Christ, that's gold!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's the best line ever from Bobby Heenan.
2: Other than Don Rickles, Bobby Heenan's the funniest guy that's ever lived.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and the great thing about Bobby, though, is you don't get it till you're older, and then you're like, "Oh my god, this guy! Oh, oh my god!" <laughs>
3: Chris is right, because as a child, I remember hearing that line and going, what? I don't understand what <laughs> he's talking about. But then you fast forward 30 years later, and I go, wow, this was so great. Wait a minute.
2: When Bobby goes in the Hall of Fame, and he gets up there, and everybody's cheering, and they're like, oh, yay, Bobby, Bobby. And he's like, thank you, thank you. You wouldn't offend me with cash. You just leave it up there on the carpet. Or when he when he, he
0: he mentions he mentions his wife he mentions his wife Cindy and the crowd cheers and then he goes oh hold on you haven't had the meatloaf
3: yeah. <laughs> another great Bobby line is when Sherry stopped dealing with Sean because he's you know she got hit with the mirror and after the Marty match um, she runs backstage and he just he you could tell he wanted to look in the camera and deliver the line. Because yeah, that's right, run you skank. And he's what like, I'm like, wow. He he held no punches. He really was mad that she left Sean. You know?
0: And I'm I'm sure Gorilla went, oh you stop.
3: Right. Right. <laughs> See, that's the other thing about wrestling, and I'm sorry to get off track here no, for sir. a second. The announcers made wrestling so much better. Yeah. Whether it was Gorilla and Bobby or Jesse the Body Ventura, wow. or even Roddy Piper on commentary, they just gave you more. And when you've got whoever that guy is, the lead announcer on Raw, um, I don't even know his name. I, I, uh, be-
0: I believe his name is Vic Joseph, but I believe I know him. I, I be- they got rid
3: of
4: him.
0: I believe I know him as Welcome to Monday Night Raw. Right. It's like NPR for Christ. Right, sake. right. <laughs> you know
2: who, you know who you was know. underrated? Like, I love Gorilla and Bobby. Okay,
3: love them. Vincent Bobby's underrated. Vincent and Bobby I'm on Monday Night Raw with Macho Man was a great three man commentary group. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, yeah, you know. they were. But even just Vincent Bobby by no. themselves, definitely they were really good.
3: You know, were,
2: I, I think they did Superstars, right?
3: Yep. Yeah, they were Bobby really good care together. Who he was teaming up with Bobby? Was happy to just be on commentary when he wasn't out at the ring managing somebody, <laughs> you know. And then now you look at AEW, and I know, I know, Nate, you hate Excalibur. Oh,
2: oh.
0: Yeah, I hate oh, Excalibur. Oh. He should go rob a bank so he gets arrested.
2: <laughs> Tony A-W Giovanni A-W is should a good just AEW should just be Taz and Jim Ross. Yes. Oh,
3: with, so he can with, get everybody's name wrong. Or call Nyla Rose a man like eight times and then have to make a tweet how he didn't mean to offend her?
0: Well, I could only see her through one eye.
3: Yeah. Sorry, You're I good.
0: made a Bell's ballsy, ballsy joke. Sorry,
3: guys. Yeah, I'm, the
4: I'm happy. You used
3: to, to joke, have had one eye. <laughs> By God. <laughs> I'm happy you made that joke because I was about to go off on Nyla Rose, and I don't think we want your listeners to hear what I have to say about her so or him or it or whatever. We do that so a, we'll just leave that we'll alone. That but back to, <laughs> back to Marty <laughs> to Circling <laughs> back that. to Marty Janetti.
4: <laughs> that was the most off-road, back-on-track swerve ever. That's okay. <laughs> Vince, Vince Russo ain't got shit on that swerve.
3: <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to hear me bitch about Nyla Rose. So we'll just go on to Marty today. <laughs> we'll,
2: we'll have- things are things are swinging left and right. Let's not talk about Nyla Rose. <laughs> right. Oh.
0: We will. Uh, we'll have Archie on the uh, We Can't Wrestle Live show sometime to talk about Nyla.
3: Sorry, right, but i told you I'm not wearing sleeves. I am going to not wear sleeves in honor of Kyle. <laughs> in
0: honor of Kyle. <laughs> yes. well, don't know if he still has the coronavirus or not. We'll find out Sunday, folks. What are you
2: (laughs)
3: talking about? Oh, my God. (laughs) I got the
4: virus. He doesn't drink corona.
2: (laughs) You know what I got? (laughs) You know what I got? What do you got? What do you got? I got the Budweiser virus. (laughs) Budweiser virus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Aaron, who's next on your list?
2: Next on my list is a guy that I know everybody's going to say. So I'm just going to say it now. And we were talking about a person that would take the championship and make it their own, it's the honky-tonk man.
0: Fuck you. He was next on my list.
4: I actually didn't put him on my list. I literally didn't put him on my list because I knew one of you two, if not both, were going to have him on yours.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That dude made that his world championship.
0: More than anybody ever,
2: probably. Because he knew, I'm never going to get higher than this. (laughs) And I should (laughs) have never been here. And I'm not knocking him. That's not a knock on Wayne Ferris. Wayne Ferris understood the position he was in and knew I shouldn't be here right now. But I'm going to make this... The most entertaining thing on the fucking show, and that's what he did. As
0: silly as it sounds, and you may disagree or agree, I'm going to compare this um, Honky Tonk Man, what Aaron just said about the Honky Tonk Man. I'm going to compare it to an actor. Aaron and I are both students of comedy, and Aaron tell me if you disagree. But I would say that Honky Tonk Man is Intercontinental Champion, and like you said, this is where I am. And I'm gonna make the best of it. I don't have a hundred percent the look. I don't have a hundred percent this. I don't have a hundred percent that. But I'm a hundred percent me. And I'm gonna make this work. Honky tonk man's like Fred Willard. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what? Fred Willard. I hate, I hate, I hate. What the fuck? Nate. What? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst comparison I ever really Fred Willard
0: yes because 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 Fred Willard you
4: fucking broke Aaron way to go Fred You're Willard hold broke on Aaron. hold
0: on stop stop I'm gonna no, make my case no
4: you guys I'm, didn't break
2: hold, me hold it's on. just hold somebody on. else yelling at Nate that's not me hold on
0: hold on I'm paying for I'm paying for I'm paying for the fucking server here so I'm gonna make my point
3: <laughs> hey, go ahead.
0: Fred Willard is not he doesn't he doesn't look like a leading man. He never gets the leading role. But everything that he's ever in, he's the best thing on the show.
4: And you remember.
0: And you remember Fred Willard. The, the honky-tonk Willard.
2: All right, next guy on my list. Shut up. We're totally going away from us. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold
0: on. Douchebag list. Aaron on Honky Tonk Fred Willard.
2: Okay, we got that now. You're the douchebag uh, in that situation, brother.
3: I'll chime in for a second, and I will say that the Honky Tonk man um, was a great intercontinental champion. Um, The greatest of all time, baby. Hold on.
2: Hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. If I would have to compare the honky tonk band to anybody, it would be uh Fatty Arbuckle.
3: <laughs> what? Oh god.
2: <laughs> what exactly? I'm just saying that's how fucking random it was that Nate said fucking Fred Willard.
3: Fred Willard. You don't use the crack up. I mind. haven't heard Fred Willard's name said in ten years. And Nate was <laughs>
0: That's what I do. Hasn't anybody figured out on the weird facts, uh, fucking obscure reference guy, or yet, or not? Well, <laughs> back to the honky. If I had man. to
2: compare the honky tonk man to anybody, it would be uh, Vin Diesel, uh, Brett Butler.
3: <laughs> what the fuck! God damn it!
0: Get back to the fucking conversation.
3: Honky tonk man was a great champion. Uh, I hated that they had to let him get run over in like 8 seconds by the Ultimate Warrior again crushing a war, a title run like that great. They could have at least let it have a, be a 5 minute match. Um but my only problem with the Honky Tonk Man is it's a one-dimensional character and, and there was never any room for any growth. Like he was never going to be a think face. He's
2: a one-dimensional character.
3: In I look at it as he was always meant to be a heel, which he played the heel to the to the T. He was perfect for it, and with Jimmy Hardy was great. But they kept trying to add to the character, like putting the, the Greg thing to have about- Valentine with him. It, it didn't oh. work. You know,
2: Blue should have been bigger than what they were, and if Greg Valentine would have gave a shit about it, they would have been great. The best thing about the Honky Tonk Man was that he was an Elvis impersonator. Oh, the, yeah. Who the fuck Elvis was. Right. Like, right. to him, he was just like, this is me, man. And then they're like, oh, you're trying to pretend to be Elvis. And, I don't know the fuck and Elvis.
3: That was, that was so Fred Willard of him, it was amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> like, when I see Wayne Ferris on TV, I think, fucking Mighty Wind.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: or when I see Fred Willard on TV, I think, uh, oh, fucking dude to own the fucking... Uh, lunchbox on Roseanne. Oh, or no, no, he didn't own the lunchbox. No, that
1: was his husband. That
2: was Martin. And it brings <laughs> me back to Martin Mole, which reminds me of Jimmy Hart. It's like Jimmy Hart <laughs> and, and, and Honky <laughs> Tonk Man together <laughs> were like Martin Mole
3: and Wayne Ferris together. Oh, but wait a minute. Wait, Aaron, to add to your point, when they put Greg Valentine with them, it was sort of like Dan Connor on Roseanne. Not yeah, because they were both fat right. and hey, innocent. It worked. It worked. Nate, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but Fuckers. I, I just... <laughs> I'm sorry, Nate. Let's but that see, was what just is that? Four... The worst comment you've ever Let's made. See here. <laughs> Let's see
0: here. 14 minutes i got to cut out of the show. Okay,
2: there we go. Marked, for, marked for edit, He's ready to go. On my list. Wayne Ferris. People that compare Wayne <laughs> Ferris to <laughs> Fred Willard. Willard.
0: Right. Oh, are you oh are God. you are you really saying that Fred Willard isn't good, Aaron?
2: No, I'm that not. Guy,
0: that guy's funny as shit.
2: Oh, I think he's funny as shit. But your comparison was poop. All
3: right. So now <laughs> the next person. Think of it—the Undertaker always reminded me of Benny Hill. But <laughs> other episode, um.
4: mm. oh. appreciate you. <laughs> oh, beer up the nose, fucking hurt.
0: <laughs> so I guess I'm next. The next person on my list, because I had to mark off uh, the honky tonk um,
3: Willard, is Gold Dust. Dusty's other son. Bastard child. Um, good choice.
0: I, I think good that... Choice I think that...
2: Um, you know who you always remind me of?
0: Oh, for Christ's sake.
2: Roland Alexander. <laughs>
0: oh, the fat guy from who? Beyond the Mat?
3: <laughs> I don't <fucking> know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even think Aaron knows what we just said. <laughs> I think you just put two names together.
0: No, Roland Alexander was actually a promoter that uh, started Maven in the business. And...
2: I'm sorry. Roland Atkinson. Mr. Oh, Bean. Oh, Mr. That's Bean. Okay. Behind me.
0: So this is, this is where we're going with the show now.
4: We're just going to go
2: completely <laughs> Well, you took it off the rails, motherfucker. You said Honky Tonk Man was Fred Willard.
4: Oh, fairness. and everything was on the rails, I think we were just on really wobbly training wheels.
3: To the audience, join us! Join us next week for bad wrestling comparison. <laughs> I think
0: I think I might rank number one with everybody. Gold Dust, Intercontinental Champion. What do you think?
3: Um, Dustin as a character when he became Gold Dust. Um, for the first three weeks that they ran those vignettes, I didn't realize it was Dustin Rhodes.
0: And 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 honestly, I thought that it was. I remember thinking it looked cheap.
3: When he
2: took
0: his hair
3: off, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Right. What? (laughs) what, (laughs) Was not his real hair?
0: (laughs) The first few weeks, it just looked really cheap. And then once they got their groove with it, then I was like, okay, okay, I see you. This is all right. And then by the time he became Intercontinental Champion at the Rumble in 96, I was totally into the character. And I thought that he he personified he, you know he, he did what he he did what he aimed to do and he became that character and he made you forget about Dustin Rhodes and then he won the title and then he goes through the feud with Piper um he which was you know people can say what they want about the cheesy you know the 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 O J Simpson thing at WrestleMania and everything was- but it was a cool feud yeah, and anybody no, that, anybody that denies it's that was is is lying and then you know with the stuff with Ahmed Johnson and and I mean I just think that first reign he had as intercontinental champion was was some of the best stuff of like that mid 90s WWF
3: well, you know it definitely gave it definitely the attitude different. era right it gave the attitude era a different look because before then it was just hits and ass and mm-hmm. now you're looking at a guy who's being openly bisexual or gay, doing these things, and what he did to raise Ramon, driving Ramon crazy, was like, wow, what yeah. Piper and him did, and then he, he pushed Piper to the point where Piper had to become his old self, where he, you know, he would do anything. And then when against Ahmed Johnson, I literally thought Ahmed Johnson was out to kill him after he gave him mouth to mouth. I yeah. thought Ahmed Johnson I literally I was like, did this guy go off script? Right, he had actually. You know, That's
4: the rumor, anyway.
3: Yeah, because he he literally uttered the word the, the you know the gay word with the f. I don't want to say because it it's a really bad word.
0: And surprisingly, surprisingly, being Ahmed Johnson, you could actually understand it too.
3: Right. <laughs> right. You know, but he said it, and they didn't bleep him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Wow, is he off? Is he completely off script about to kill Dustin Rhodes right now?
0: And you're 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 coming out of the era of. The Mantar and the Goon and and all this all this hot garbage and then you've got this character of Gold Dust and now all of a sudden he's the Intercontinental Champion and it just to me it, it changed that character changed wrestling even before and I'm not I'm not in any way in any way saying that the Gold Dust character had the impact that the Stone Cold Steve Austin character had. But the Gold Dust character I think was the character it that helped? Yes, it, it made Vince see outside the box.
3: Oh, and Austin was feuding with Goldust, too, so he they both played off of each other because Austin and Rhodes have a history from WCW, and Vince knew that, so he was able to let them wrestle each other but, but also let Goldust be the maniac freak that he was being. You right, know? Right. So it worked. It allowed Austin to, to be a, 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 a redneck who was beaten ass. But then Goldust is trying to hit on him, but also beat his ass at the same. It just it played perfectly with one and another. The,
0: and then Austin put him in a porty potty. <laughs> but yeah, I just think, like I said, during that era, Dustin did some of his best work, and he was a great. At the
2: end of the angle, we realized that Goldust liked it in the can. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah. You know, not to, <laughs> to not to bash on on like every character, cause, but that's what I do. Um they when they stripped him of gold dust and made him Dustin Runnels.
0: Oh God. He didn't so-
3: want him to use Rhodes for some strange reason. And he, um
0: Yeah, the, the the and I know you when he when he was against Val and it was the religious
3: right, thing and the it was right. boring. It was boring, but then here was the thing. He leaves WWE. He he goes back to WCW and he bitches that they made him into Gold Dust and he didn't want to be seven. So then he goes back to WWE to be Goldust again, leaves WWE again, goes to TNA this time, and bitches that he oh, didn't God. want to be Goldust anymore, and becomes, what was it that he became? Black again? Rain. Black Reign, and then now you look at him in AEW, and he's got the red face paint. It's like, dude, you love being in face paint, so just admit it. You Stop love Goldust.
2: And to plus, what he was in WCW, that seven character... Could have
3: been pretty cool. If they wouldn't have thought it was a pedophile, yes. <laughs> you know, if they wouldn't have made that 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 pedophile looking vignette, it would have been absolutely cool, but it would have been a total Undertaker ripoff as well. So well, I mean
2: how much more heat can you get than being a pedophile?
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, the
2: but see I'd have turned the company again. around. Who knows?
3: I saw this I, was the thing though. No. This was at a time WCW had standards and practices up their butt about everything they were doing, and they knew if they let that get off the wrong way and, you know, him... Jim Barnett was like, my boy,
2: that's the best gimmick
3: ever. So, I mean, it just, but as far as Goldust goes, great character. They, they kept building him up and building him up, and he was a perfect Intercontinental Champion when they let him hold the title and actually do something with it.
0: So, Chris, you're next on the list. Who's next?
4: John Michaels. All
3: right. You you stole my number two.
0: Just knocked off my number four.
3: Aaron, was he not on your list?
2: Well, yeah, but I'm not going to say somebody stole my number two. That's, that's Okay. Weird. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well I, I said that on
0: purpose. Too.
2: I left it there. You stole my yeah. shit, motherfucker. <laughs> Alright,
0: let's elaborate on HBK as the intercontinental champion.
4: Um he's on my list because previous mention Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, the whole Sean Razor story was just wow <clears throat> gold
0: it's it's some of my favorite wrestling memories is those two guys feuding over the Intercontinental title
3: should have feuded over the world title as well but
0: mm-hmm.
3: they didn't want to let Razor stay in the company and didn't want to pay him what WCW was going to
0: and I will say this too Sean is the Intercontinental Champion. Um, we talked about Savage and Steamboat. And and I know Aaron is not the biggest fan of the other guy in this match. But to me, up there with iconic Intercontinental Championship matches is the Shawn Michaels-Jeff Jarrett match at In Your House in uh, July of
2: 95. you what? Would I call Fooey, sir. What's that? guess, guess what? I call Fooey. guess what? What Fooey? <laughs> Jeff Jarrett was on my list. No. Oh,
3: Dang. He was on he's on mine as well. Damn.
0: Well, so that's that's a thing, okay? Oh, so that that match is is that's my favorite Jeff Jarrett match. And it's one of my favorite I C title matches ever. They have a fucking A barn burner of a match in nashville and aaron and i reviewed the pay-per-view a couple of weeks ago on the show um but definitely um sean is one of those guys that again during your formative years as you're watching wrestling he he's one of the guys up there with razor and 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 a number of others that personifies that title the workers title
3: I could agree with that. Uh, I, I'm i a huge Shawn Michaels fan, top to bottom. I, I like his work. I think that he does an incredible job, no matter whether it's with a title or without. The Intercontinental title was one of those belts that he won and then held for a great deal of time. And then when he would lose it, he would always lose it to you know, a, a decent opponent um, or at least keep the feud going that he'd win the title back from them. My only problem with Shawn Michaels as the Intercontinental Champion, and I will say this, even if we ever have a favorite world title, um, Top 10, Shawn never liked to really lose to a lot of guys. And whenever they would tell him it was time for him to lose the belt, he'd always have to lose and then leave. Or he would end up giving the title away. Like, having to ha- like I said, he handed away... Because he said nine guys beat him up in Syracuse, because he didn't want to lose to Shane Douglas, who was the next in line to be Intercontinental Champion.
0: Yeah, and that's because one. Andy
3: Douglas had heat. You that's know.
0: that's one of the few things that, even though he's one of the greatest performers of all time, bell to bell, that right. that hurts Sean for me is is the politics, is the attitude. Right. You know, didn't want to
3: lose to Brad, so he he bitched and moaned, and then just gave away the title because he lost his smile. Didn't want to lose to Shane Douglas, so he. Gave it away, you know. It's like, how many times could you leave the title, you know, and still, you know? And that's, that's my only problem with Sean. That's
0: that's why I think that Shawn Michaels is his most iconic moments in his career are from probably 1993 to 1997. However, the best time of his career is from 2002 to 2010.
3: The comeback, exactly. Yes,
0: because he was Shawn Michaels being Shawn Michaels without the fucking garbage. Right. You know. So, yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly on that, Archie. And, Chris, we totally boxed you out of your
3: pick. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. I'm (laughs) sorry.
4: Oh, no, you guys are good. I mean, he was one of the ones that I, he, he, he just deserved to be in the, Cop, because from what I remember, when I was younger, him getting that title, it helped establish the whole he's his own person now.
3: Mm-hmm. Right, it did.
4: He, he wasn't a rocker anymore. Right, he he was Sean. He he's one of the few that because there's another one on my list later on. In my opinion, is the epitome of. How it's the stepping stone. I have one more person, or two more people, on my list that, when they got it, it became they became the true epitome of this is the stepping stone to something greater. Right.
0: So Archie, you are next.
3: Next on my list is ah, another one that's gone too soon and. The storyline between him, China, and Chris Jericho for the title, co champions, the way he won the title from China, the way he messed around and whatever. Guerrero. Oh, is Yes. Next on my list. Um, Eddie Guerrero winning the world title was huge. And him and Benoit at the ending of WrestleMania hugging with both world titles was amazing. But Eddie Guerrero, in my opinion, I don't think. I think the reason they gave him the world title was because they wanted to, you know, get the Latino audience in and they felt Eddie was the perfect, you know, sponsor to do so. Um, So I I felt Eddie was always meant to be a mid card title holder and the Intercontinental title fit him perfectly because he wasn't European and he was too big to be a cruiserweight or a light heavyweight anymore. Uh So. That's I, that's why I think the Intercontinental title fit him perfectly in so many ways because, um, you, you know, a guy like Delo Brown winning both the European and the Intercontinental title at the same time was kind of like comedy to me. Not that D'Lo was a bad wrestler, but it just it was meant to be funny in a way, right. and then he got serious. Eddie won the Intercontinental title, and... He had the same reaction as when he won the world title. He got down on his knees and began crying. So he brought emotion to that title that not many other guys were because, as we've said, it's the stepping stone to get to the big time. You're the Intercontinental Champion. If you do good, we're going to give you a run, kid. We're going to see how you do. But Eddie was happy to have that belt around his waist.
0: Eddie Eddie Guerrero is, and anybody that's listening to the show a number of times knows, Eddie Guerrero is one of my five favorite professional wrestlers of all time. And Eddie Guerrero, and I've mentioned this on the show a million times, when uh, when I watch Eddie Guerrero, I smile. And that's the point.
3: Yes. And, yes. <laughs> and
0: I, I always have thought, and I've never said this on the show, and I'm going to say it now, and I'm going to see what you guys think about it. Eddie – and this is not discounting the other guy I'm going to mention – Please but don't but say he
4: reminds you of some other actor. No, who? it's
0: it, he's not going to remind me of Rick Moranis. Um,
4: <laughs> I think
0: of
2: Eddie Guerrero. E- Eddie Guerrero is. I think of. I think of Harold Ramis. god! <laughs> god
4: damn it!
0: Eddie Guerrero is what. Tito Santana could have been if he had Shawn Michaels' charisma.
3: Good point.
0: Um, because because I, I I look at I look at old Tito Santana stuff and I, I see the fire, but then I see the interviews and I'm like, ah, he just doesn't get me with the interview. But when I watch him in the ring, it's like, goddamn, this guy's fucking good.
2: I mean, well, I, I see Tito, Tito Santana. Do you remember what I see now when I see Tito Santana?
0: Let me guess. Uh...
2: I see Titty Santana.
4: Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> join the Facebook is group. on my honorable mention. Join the... <laughs> join Just the...
2: Titty Santana.
4: <laughs> join the Facebook group, folks, and you'll get the joke.
2: <laughs> Titty Santana was the
3: best. Best autocorrect ever. <laughs> Arriba! <laughs> Areola. Ah, I like
2: it. <laughs> His catchphrase is "Tough kitty," said the titty. (laughs) Go ahead.
0: All right, Aaron. So we (laughs) we covered Archie's Eddie. (laughs) What's next? Who do you have left left on your list? I have three left on mine.
4: Well,
2: I'm gonna go with Don Morocco. You fucker!
0: That was actually next on my list. Don Morocco. I did,
3: not have, I did not have that on my list. Wow. If, you,
0: if you talk pre-expansion, you talk pre-expansion WWF. Don Morocco, and I'm going to say, I'm going to go on a limb here. Don Morocco had Hulk.
2: Everything Hogan. is going down.
0: Every, Don Morocco, if 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 WWF would not have signed Hulk Hogan, and you watch pre-expansion WWF. He would have had a baby face turn, and he would have been the guy. Now, whether or not that would have worked as good as Hogan, I don't know. But if you watch it, like, he was the best heel in the WWF from probably 1982 until, until you know, the Hogan era. Like, he was the man.
2: See, like, I'll go different with what you said, where you said if they wouldn't have hired Hogan, if they wouldn't have hired Piper... Which I just told you, I'm a huge Piper fan. Okay? Da Morocco is the um, Yang to the Piper Yang. Where like, mm-hmm. you know, like Roddy Piper yelled everything. And was bah, 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 like in your face. Morocco brought you down brought you down and would um, make you listen. Yeah, like the... Kind
0: of, kind of the promo style that Jericho has mastered.
2: Yeah, where I'm gonna talk softly, so you have to fucking shut the fuck up to hear what I'm saying.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and his feud with Snooka and all that shit, it was fantastic. And him him. Morocco being in that we're going to bring this guy in here and interview him now because he's going to go into this match in the garden tomorrow night. Let's talk to Don Morocco now. And then he would cut that fucking promo and just talk you into the fucking building. Don Morocco was great, in my opinion. I wasn't alive during it, but going back and watching it now, in the late 70s, early 80s, Don Morocco is my favorite heel.
3: Love the I, uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I did not have Morocco on my list. And I don't want to say that I forgot that he was intercontinental champion because I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just I, when I got into wrestling, Morocco was at the tail end of his career so i didn't get to see him live and in person going back and watching him against snuka and him against any face on the roster because i'll be honest i preferred heel morocco than i did face morocco oh yeah you know he was miles apart he needed to be a heel you can't be that big and be a face i'm sorry um but he was he was a good intercontinental champion and he kind of was that mountain that guys had to climb over if they were going to beat him. So, he makes sense being on the list.
2: I love me some Dom Nathaniel David Maxson, who's next on your list?
0: All right, so I'm next. And I have two left. The first one is my... I kind of have a 1A, 1B... So my 1B, he's two on my list, but 1B in my heart, is Bret the Hitman Hart.
4: Oh, uh,
2: gotta scratch your mouth.
0: Um, Bret Hart kissing the Intercontinental title, whether he was defending it, whether he was winning it. Again, like we've said about a couple of other guys on this this, this podcast, is when Bret was champ, you felt like Bret really, really loved being champ like that was his life and another thing that both chris archie have brought up during the show is this this belt was was made to feel like it was the next step it was a step up you know i'm gonna be the guy that's gonna be this is gonna be my gateway to being the world heavyweight champion and brett made you feel that too and i think i think a lot of it is not only his his bell to bell i mean Again, iconic Intercontinental Championship matches you have to put in the top five: SummerSlam '91, Bret and Mister Perfect, um, which was SummerSlam
2: '92.
0: Was yes, Bret and Bulldog, but Bret and Perfect was two of the greatest Intercontinental Champions ever, just doing what they do. And that match, and then I will also say subsequently. And it's not related to the Intercontinental title. And Aaron will know that I have said this since the day it happened. But um, Archie and Chris, I don't know if you guys have ever heard or know the moment that I knew as a young wrestling fan that Bret Hart was a star. That Bret Hart I, was a world champion.
3: I, I can understand it, that. It, is, it, it the, changed a lot.
0: The, the, moment, the moment that I knew that Bret Hart was going to be a world champion was Survivor Series 90.
2: Oh, one he you fought watch, you watched the, in yes, the, the
0: The last five minutes of their four-on-four Survivor Series match between Bret Hart and Ted DiBiase. And you watch that five minutes, and you know this guy is going to be a world champion. This guy is going to be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time.
2: And he gets pinned, and then he sits up and goes, Fuck! Fuck.
0: <laughs> and the
2: camera goes, Fuck! But Brett,
0: Brett defined that belt before he defined himself as one of the... He's, he's one of the few guys that defined himself as a great intercontinental champion, and then defined himself as a great world champion. And... And he's one of the guys that you picture, when you think of the IC title, you picture it around his waist.
3: Um, I'll chime in here when it comes to Bret. Um, as a kid, I was a Bret Hart fan. As I got older, I was still a fan in my adult age. Um, I guess it's because I've seen how much Bret has trash-talked the industry and so many of the wrestlers it kind of soured me on him, but it doesn't change the fact he was a great wrestler, uh-huh. best technical wrestler any company has ever had. Um, his career got cut short by Bill Goldberg. fucking him. <laughs> and, um, this is where the way I feel about Brett with the Intercontinental title. It was, again, that, that, like Nate just said, like we've been saying, that stepping stone to the sea, are you ready for the big time, kid? Right. But the thing that personified Brett, you could agree with me, you could say I'm wrong, you could say I'm smart, you could tell me to go fuck myself, it doesn't matter. Um, Brett's feuds with Shawn Michaels, whether as a tag team with the Rockers for the Intercontinental title or when they got to the world title setting, was what defined Brett's career in the WWF for me. Because no matter where he got to, there was Shawn right behind him and they were always battling neck and neck. And they always had a great match. And that's what made the Intercontinental title so special as well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because you look at all the feuds that grew up from the Intercontinental title to the world title status. Brett and Sean. Um, Stone Cold in the Rock. Uh, Jericho and and Benoit. You know what I mean? There was always two guys that were parallel in the yes. divisions as they grew. And that's what made the Intercontinental Title so special because you knew, you knew that when Shawn Michaels beat Brett for the Intercontinental Title, or when Brett took it back from Shawn, that when Brett finally became World Heavyweight Champion, guess what? Shawn was knocking on his door wanting a title match now because you screwed me over when, when I was a champion. Now it's my turn.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's you're absolutely right. It is, it is the, the WWE. Is defined by its rivalries. Hogan Savage, Hogan Savage, Brett Sean, Austin Rock. I would Willard put, Murray. Uh, Willard Murray. I would put. I would put. <laughs> I would put Cena. I would put Cena. Ed, I would put Are we c- on the
3: douchebag list yet?
0: I would put Cena Edge there. Yes. Also.
3: And again, um, had to do with the Continental title. Started with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, yeah, it is. It's just, it's, they're iconic, and there's no doubt about it. So, Chris, um, have we knocked enough off your list where you're down to one yet?
4: Uh, no, because I got random ones that I figured you guys wouldn't get. <laughs> oh, my gosh. we got to get into this douchebag list. <laughs>
3: If you put me on it, um, Next on Chris's list, even though he never held the title, was Chris Canyon. Just because of
2: that. <laughs> he <laughs> knew we would have Oh, on our list. He'll hang in there. Hold on. Who better than Canyon? He
4: always sounded like
2: he I had like...
4: Was, my next was actually um, another one who I feel is a workhorse always busts his ass whether you like him or not. It was Dolph.
0: Dolph Ziggler. One of the most under, I don't I don't even want to say underutilized, because they utilize them all the time, but they, they misutilized. How's that?
3: I'm tired of bitter Dolph. Yeah. He's been bitter for eight years, and he keeps saying, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, and then he comes back to say, it should have been me. I'm tired of it. But yeah. as Intercontinental Champion in his younger part of his career, he was great.
0: He has fantastic matches, and he's a shitty promo. That's my thing about Dolph.
3: Well, if you guys are going to talk about
2: Dolph, I'm going to smoke a cigarette. (laughs) Not a Dolph fan?
0: I think Aaron's just leaving. All right.
2: (laughs) Go ahead, Chris. As far as... I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. What?
0: So, Chris, your, your rationalization for Dolph. And again, like I said, I think bell to bell. I mean... He's as good as Hart or Henning in the exactly. modern.
4: Exactly. That's why he's on my list.
0: And 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 I see that. I totally see that. I, I just think that he's another guy that, as we talk about modern wrestling, about the modern product. Just like when when Archie talked about uh, Seth, or or I talked about Cody, or what have you. I think Dolph is one of those guys that is. I watch him. I watch him perform. And I see what I saw in wrestlers in the eighties and nineties, but I see him a victim of of current WWE booking.
4: Yeah. Because I'm the same way with him now. Cause like how I mentioned earlier with Seth, remember how he put on that awesome, amazing gauntlet, and now when he comes out you're like, Oh, it's time to take a piss. Right. He's the same way with Dolph now. Because like Archie said, he's played this I've been screwed over, I'm leaving. Nope, just kidding, they offered me enough money, I'm going to stick around routine so long, people just don't care anymore. They're like, put up or shut up.
0: And it's also, it's also, and and you guys can say whether you agree or disagree, but it's also the big, that's the biggest, um, what do I want to say? That's the biggest fallback to the way that they book 50-50 now, too. Because... Like, you know, Shinsuke. Alright, let's use Shinsuke as an example. Shinsuke is winning the Royal Rumble, getting a world title match. Now he's had his world title match. Now he is back down to mid-level. Now he's not even on TV for three or four weeks. Y- you know, it's it. you can't book that way. You have to book a star as a star. You have to book a jobber as a jobber, and you have to book, book a mid-card guy as a mid-card guy and level him up.
3: I'm not saying that they needed to give him a long title run, but did he have to lose? Like, well, back to Shinsuke Nakamura for a second. Did he have to lose to Jinder Mahal cleanly twice? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and where,
0: Jinder Mahal is a former WWE champion. Beat
3: and beat everybody. And he was when beating everybody.
0: And when was the last time he was even on TV?
3: Uh well uh, he's injured, but
0: would would that have ever happened with Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> this is where we're at, folks.
3: <laughs> well, see, I'll, I'll this is what I'll say about Dolph though. When he was the Intercontinental Champion, and I don't think he's been the Intercontinental Champion in like two years. Uh, so you know. Yeah, because
4: tossing back and forth
3: with Seth. Right, right. Back and forth with Seth. People got tired of it. It just seemed like they kind of tried to make Dolph into the new Jericho. Like, oh, we need a random champion for now, and he puts on great matches, so throw the belt on Dolph because Chris doesn't work for us right now. But he was great in his first couple of title runs, but then all of a sudden it just became a, well, who's Intercontinental Champion? I think it's Dolph. And then the next week, he'd lose it to Miz.
0: (laughs) Exactly what I said earlier. Yeah, like sometimes you have no idea who the champion is.
3: You know, and then, okay, he lost it to Miz. But then guess what? At the next pay-per-view, Miz lost it to Seth. And then Seth lost it back to Dolph two weeks later. It's like, what happened to long-term title runs? And I don't mean that towards Brock Lesnar and and Goldberg. By all means, get the titles off of them. But, (laughs) I mean, Dolph Ziggler... They gave him opportunities, and he had problems in the past where he got a concussion or he got injured. Not his fault that he couldn't run when they tried to get him to. I blame Jack Swagger for the concussion and him having to lose the world title when he finally got it. But Dolph is like a career mid-carder. He's never going to move out of the mid-card because Mm. now Vince gave up on him, sort of like Vince did with John Morrison, and is now doing again to The Miz, even though we made him world champion for a year, and was trying to do to Alex Riley. And, you know, once Vince loses all hope in you, you have two options. You either go the Dolph Ziggler role, or you do what Finn Balor does, and you say, hey, I want to go back to Triple H on NXT.
0: Right. Yeah. I want to either make this much money per year, And do whatever you want me to do, or I want to do what I love to do, and do it the best I can do it.
3: Right. You know, and let's let's face it, Balor is still under a main event contract, main roster contract, but they allowed him to go back to NXT because when the Fox, because this is what I've heard and I've read on dirt sheets, when WWE sold to Fox and Balor was supposed to be on SmackDown, the Fox people said, "Oh, we want bigger, larger than life stars like Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley." So, Vince was saying, oh, well, we're going to put Balor on 205 Live. Triple H said, no, you're not. You either give him to me or you let us release him. Right. And I'd rather him go to, go back to Japan than <laughs> be on
0: 205 because Yeah, because um, yeah, I host a wrestling podcast and a live show that need to follow the modern product, and I don't watch
4: 205 Live. So.
3: Right. There you go. I don't even know when it's on. I think it's <laughs> yeah, on the Netflix.
4: I have no idea. <laughs>
3: I, I think it's on the
4: network. I didn't even know main event was
3: still a thing. <laughs> right. The, I, I the, was reading neither was do reading the people that are on results. it, Chris. I was reading uh-huh. raw results to see what, what might have what if I missed anything, because I fast forward through Raw every Monday, and all of a sudden something popped up. Main event spoilers. I'm like, is that still a show?
0: <laughs> it's spoiler to me that it's even alive.
3: Right. You just spoiled, you just spoiled the surprise of me finding it. Right? <laughs> I it's here. Yeah. <laughs>
2: 205 but Live is fantastic.
3: I don't disagree and with that. I used to the, watch... The, the
2: commentating Netflix. crew is great. It's, is uh, it
3: in English and... <laughs> or,
2: no, the commentating team is uh, Fred Willard.
3: <laughs> and, um, and, and
0: and maybe a dead horse. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to watch two oh five live when it was on TV and then when it was when it moved to the network I tried to still watch it. But the that horse's the- name is Anderson
2: or Kyle Carl Anderson because <laughs> I just keep beating him. <laughs> so
0: Archie. Yes. Next on your
3: list. Have- I have one last name. I can't believe he hasn't been put on anybody's list yet. Um because in my opinion, that belt could have been custom made for him.
2: It might be my last guy. Saying same.
3: Mr. Perfect. Yep. Kurt Hennig.
0: You got it. My number one. Greatest. Um, in-
4: Greatest
3: Intercontinental number two. Champion ever. Greatest exactly. There you know, you you <laughs> it was it was it looked like it was chiseled onto his waist. Absolutely. You know what I mean? He never he never flung it over his shoulder, he didn't drag it on the ground, he didn't lift it up, he had it on his waist and the towel was over his shoulder, and he looked like he was chiseled in gold. Yes. You know what I mean? And you know <clears throat> Kurt Henning Coming from AWA and being a world heavyweight champion there, I think that he could have been groomed, but Hogan just didn't want to pass the torch to him because he knew if he did, Henning wasn't letting go. Right. And there would never be another Hogan title run, you know, if he would have let Henning beat him one time. Um, but Kurt Henning, as the intercontinental champion, even against, and I, I don't mean they got in any actual moves against him. But even against jobbers like Dwayne Gill and all those enhancement talents they used to force-feed him on, on superstars and things, he made them look credible taking a beating from him. He did. And, and, he, he, <laughs> uh, and he allowed them to look good. Right. Like, the guy would take a snap mirror and then Henning would roll over and hit him with the, the neckbreaker. And I'd go, wow, that guy really sold. Wow. You know, like... He, Damn. He,
0: he defines that title. Um,
3: yes.
0: And, and those of you that have listened to the show
2: Kurt know, Hennig defines he, being a professional yeah, wrestler. In my yes. mind
0: in my mind, Kurt Henning's the greatest professional wrestler of all time. I mean he is he is what a professional wrestler is. And and the, the reason I say that is he has the he has the in ring ability of a Luthez or a Ric Flair. Yes. He has the chiseled um, Adonis look of a Hulk Hogan or a Buddy Rogers. Yes. He has the promo ability of a Ric Flair or a Shawn Michaels. Did,
3: he him was, and Bobby Keenan worked perfectly together. Yeah, they were the prototype. No pun intended. No pun intended. But he didn't need Bobby Heenan. If he would have never have had a manager, he still would have got over as big as he was.
0: Yes, the, Bobby and per, Bobby and Henning are the prototype of what a professional wrestler and a professional wrestling manager and personality
2: are. Yep, without a doubt. Um, like when people say, "Oh, if you're gonna if you're gonna draw a professional wrestler, they would look like The Ultimate Warrior," or if you're gonna draw a professional wrestler, they would look like Sting. It's like no, no. no. If I'm gonna draw a professional wrestler, they're gonna look like Kurt
3: Hennig. And they're right.
0: gonna and they're gonna sound like Kurt Henning, and they're gonna wrestle like Kurt Henning.
3: And the mannerisms were perfect. And, yeah, no and, pun intended. And he's gonna spit his gum out and smack it. the gum away with his hand. He throwing throwing the, the towel over his back and catching it in the front. And see now Nate, you said wrestling ability perfect it was perfectly. Mm-hmm. Talking ability. But here was the great thing about Kurt Henning, too. Legit badass outside of the ring. Yes. He wasn't acting like he was actually a wrestler or a fighter. The man could have beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar and thrown him off of a plane in the <laughs> 2000s. They had a legit fight, and he took down Brock Lesnar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know?
1: So, so
0: he, he could have been Vince McMahon, Bill Watts, and Jim Cornette's favorite wrestler.
2: Right. So anybody else has Mister Perfect on their list? you yeah, good for you. If nobody else does, you're wrong.
3: <laughs> no, that was he. That belt, like I said, the Million Dollar Man made the Million Dollar Belt. If they would have never had the Intercontinental Title. And then here comes Kurt Henning as Mister Perfect, and he would have had it with him. Everybody would have still been in awe and went, "Wow, what's that? What is that?" Yep. You know, like <laughs> he walked in with it, and it was already there for years beforehand. And when he when he didn't have it, he was still great. But you you wanted to see him fight for it. You wanted to see him run. You know, make that run for it. Like, he lost it to the Texas Tornado, and I think Tornado held it for, like, a, only a few weeks, and Penning beat him back for it. And I was rooting, because I've always been a heel person. I've never feared for the good guy. And I was, I wanted to see him win back the title, that when he won it back, it was like, good, he's complete again. He's not missing that piece, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yes. So, and... This is my only gripe with him. And it's not with him. It's the way that he was booked. When he left the WWE and went to WCW, he should have been a horseman. He should not have been in the NWO. He was tailor-made to be a horseman, in my opinion. But when they tried to rebook him, only without the Mr. Perfect name, he was Kurt heading, and they gave him the U.S. title and, and tried to make him that same, you know, it, it fell flat for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was lost for me in WCW because yes, he was still Kurt Henning and yes, he still had the same wrestling ability and there but it's he was still playing second fiddle to Hulk Hogan. And I feel that when he got to WCW, he should have joined the horsemen, they should have battled the NWO, and instead of it being Goldberg taking the belt off of Hogan at the Georgia Dome, maybe Henning should have took the belt off of Hulk Hogan. And maybe That's they would have
0: and maybe they would have been better off.
3: <laughs> you never know.
2: Good choice, Stomper. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Aaron, what do you think? I'm going to call Archie Stomper now. That's his <laughs> new nickname, Stomper. <laughs> Aaron, you know do, why? I do don't why? Oh, no, why. Archie Gooley. Oh,
0: the Mongolian Stomper. Archie
2: hey, Gooley. Archie's oh. the Stomper
3: now. <laughs> I like it. I'll take it. <laughs> At least I'm not Fred Willard.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A little wet wagon.
0: Aaron, do you have anybody left on your list? Nope. Mr. Chris, do you have anybody left on your list?
3: I have two.
4: All right.
3: If one of them is David Arquette, I'm going to be very disappointed. (laughs) No.
4: Um. The next one I had was someone who, in my opinion took it, and ran with it with the same passion that he tried to match the passion that Savage had to make it that this was his validation, this was his chance. And it's honestly what really made everybody take notice. Miz.
0: <laughs> that was Aaron, not me. That was Aaron,
3: not me. <laughs> you know what? I like I like that inclusion because the Miz... I think he's about to break the record for most Intercontinental titles held.
4: Well, the reason I'm thinking about it, think of that episode of of Talk Smack.
3: Yeah, would Brian? Daniel Bryan?
4: Yeah, his whole drive was the Intercontinental Championship. How he screamed and demanded that that was the title. To that set really threw back to how Randy acted when he had it that was the title
3: um and i'm going to i'm going to make a statement and you you can get if anybody is a daniel bryan fan you can be mad at me i don't care um when the miz cut that promo on him on Talking smack i lost respect for daniel bryan and i don't look at him in the same light anymore okay and i've been watching bryan danielson wrestle Back to Ring of Honor and evolved and when he was the American Dragon. But when the Miz said, All you do is walk away, but you flap your gums when no one's in your face and you don't know you know, you don't want to actually get face to face with them because you can't wrestle anymore. If they were setting up to bring Brian back after all this time, he should have had a legit feud with the Miz based on that promo then. Right. So I agree the Miz deserves to be included in this list.
0: And he definitely is Although he wasn't on my list, I can see what you're saying, Chris, because he was a guy that took the belt, took it very seriously, and for him, at that time, I'm the best guy. I'm the top guy, and I'm going to treat this belt, whether it's the top mid-card title or not, I'm going to treat it as the top title.
4: Because when he did have the top title, all he was was a placeholder, so they could build a feud for Cena and Rock. Right. And then, <laughs> go ahead and throw my last one out there real quick. Was somebody uh, playing something?
3: <laughs> I I went into David Gold's live and he was showing me Josh Blevins with him because they're at that uh, live no. Rockies oh, live okay. it's happening. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, By the way, shout out to Rocky Turner, one of the best card makers in the business, uh, one of the best customizers I've ever seen. Um, He is the admin owner of the Nerd Closet, but also a mod in the era and a very good friend. Um, Shout out to David Gold, Nate Maxson, uh, uh, um, Nick Francis, and the entire Asylum as well. They are great friends of mine, and um, they are with Rocky at a live show that's happening tomorrow and Sunday uh, that will feature Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and Buff Bagwell. Um, they are going to kill it. So,
0: Parkersburg,
2: West Virginia.
3: Yes, yeah, sir. Let's do this douchebag list. Wait, Chris had one more before I cut him off. I'm sorry, Chris.
4: <laughs> um, um, last one. Douchebag list. Douchebag well, list. Well, my last one was another person who I think <laughs> was the epitome of taking the Intercontinental title and making it the true stepping stone to making him become the name The Rock.
3: Very, very true. I'm surprised none of us mentioned Austin either. But The Rock definitely deserves on this list because um yeah, it was it was his it was him coming into his own. Mm-hmm. In a, in so you know, so many ways. He he won it as Rocky Maivia. They booed him out of the damn arena. And then when he re won it as The Rock, it was it was his coming out party in so many ways. You know, he shed the the crappy storylines and the 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 character, and he, he made something of himself.
0: And, and and as a parting thought on that, before we get into, because Aaron's chanting douchebag, douchebag, because he wants to wrap this up. Um. I think that the reason that the Rock and Austin, and you guys can agree, disagree, I think the reason Rock and Austin didn't make all of the lists, and Austin didn't make any of the lists, was that although they were great IC champs, we we were kind of talking about guys that were almost defined by that title. Right. Whereas Austin and Rock really got defined, although they were great intercontinental champions they got defined as world champions
3: well we we said that Jericho was the go-to put the belt on him because we need mm-hmm. an experienced guy to give these young guys some shine and Ziggler was just they and, would always throw it on him because you know they needed a, a workhorse can you imagine if after Austin became a four-time world champion if one day he would have just became intercontinental champion
0: right and I was gonna say what kind of shits on my excuse there for not bringing those two up as Brett and Sean? Um, well, but, but they, they and, still and, and, and of course Fred, and it's... of course Fred Willard. But
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I—I oh, I agree with the Rock. Though he 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 made the title his own, and he did mm-hmm. what he was supposed to with it. He did. I think he had three reigns. Um, you know, um. Another guy who could be included in this list that we didn't mention is Triple H. But yeah, the title reigns that he had were very short, and it was always to put somebody else over later on. You know, like he was a placeholder with the title. Yes, and you know, again got declined by being world champion. Um, just there, there are so many. I mean, we didn't mention Steamboat. We didn't mention you know a guy like the British Bulldog. We never mentioned the British Bulldog. You know what I mean? And it's not because we didn't want to, but like you said, these are names that we want that we felt were the heart and soul of the Intercontinental Title division, and and upheld it because not because oh well you were told you were going to win the title they wanted to win the title. Absolutely.
0: So I want to really quick, and then we will go into our list of. Um. Things that make people a douchebag. We'll go very quickly through that. Um, because the show has gone long as I knew it would with four hosts. But first, Chris was so nice as to compile a list for me. For all of you that participated in our poll results uh, for the posts that I made for the Facebook group. So, your list ranked Shawn Michaels as number one. With uh, Nick Francis, the Woo Man, Jamin Wooten, and Dave Duncan voting for him. But a tie for number one, Mr. Perfect, Jeremy Cotton, Michael Herrick, and Chris Fralick. Bret Hart, voted for by Steve Selmanson and Chris Fralick. Razor Ramon, Nick Francis, and Bobby Anders. And then everybody else got one vote The Honky Tonk Man from Dave DeRozier. Todd Ryder voted for Ricky Steamboat, Owen Hart by Tom Millissen, Roddy Piper from James Winter, Uh, Randy Savage from James Winter, and Todd, because he's the black guy, (laughs) he had to to vote for the black guy, Todd. I got you. It's Ahmed Johnson. And I told Todd, it's okay. In this instance, you can vote for the Hawaiian. So we're going to count his vote for Ricky Steamboat. But our leaders were Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect from our listeners. Thank you all for participating in the page. I, we really appreciate it. I in real it. here? Go ahead.
3: Ahmed Johnson was one of the shittest Intercontinental <laughs> Champions of all time. <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion. He was, he absolutely. For the title.
0: We followed up Gold and, Dust with Ahmed Johnson.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a really bad title run, and then I think Vince realized that and said shit and pulled it off of him. Yeah. Um, and did he
4: say shit and pull it off of him, or did Ahmed break something again?
3: Yeah, he probably <laughs> broke something again. <laughs> he punctured his liver, and the belt fell off his waist. Uh, but his and I have to ask. The question, covered in
4: oil. Or his I have to ask the
3: question. Uh, Dave DeRosha said that he picked the Honky Tonk Man. Nate, can you do me a favor tomorrow on PM Dave and ask him true or false? Is he also a very big Fred Willard Fred Fred fan. fan? God
4: damn you, Archie Mitchell! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now Aaron chimes in with his fucking cackle.
2: All right, hey, Nate, are we gonna? We got two. We got two ending themes. Ending themes. two ending choices.
0: No,
2: but, okay, but I, they, I know we're not ending.
0: We're gonna end with a with, We're going to end with our non. Uh, no.
2: Copyrighted. Bitch. Listen. Because you said I can't do fucking. Uh,
0: well, apparently we can't use anything because that song's from the '30s.
2: We can't use goddamn. Tutti <laughs> tutti to, to, uh, to, to, Can we? Can we use this? Cause so I asked you about that last week. If if
0: I if I put that on YouTube and get taken down, I'm gonna be pissed.
2: <laughs> okay. Can we um, hold on? So we can't use Yankee Doodle Dandy.
3: I don't know For why.
2: Huh?
0: for the outro theme we were using oh. Al Jolson's to- to- Tootsie as the outro theme and then I found out it was uh, when I put the show up on YouTube they told me I couldn't use that Wow. yeah like I was like no nah, there's no way this is copyrighted <laughs> I'm I'm actually marking right now for when I need to edit this fucking shit cause I
4: don't,
0: I don't I don't want production
4: notes on Can we use...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can we use Caesar's theme? (laughs) No, I'm just going to use public domain music from now on, Aaron.
3: So, like, happy birthday? (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: fuck, I don't know. Happy birthday. If 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 Toot Tootsie by Al Jolson isn't public domain by this point, happy birthday might not be. Some guy in fucking... Paramus might own it. I don't know.
4: Oh, well, Here's the ironic <laughs> thing. Um, if we're going by public domain, I'm going We're on a time limit.
0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, that, Max that, and Ed,
4: we're done. That, conclu- <laughs> that, conclu-
0: <laughs> that concludes our Intercontinental Championship countdown. And all of my counterparts, I appreciate your um, opinions, and I think we brought up a great list. Apparently, except Fred Willard. So now we are going to talk for just a few minutes about things that we all think. And, and Archie, I am so glad you're part of this conversation. And here's what okay. I'm saying. All right. Before because we...
2: he's a cool dude.
0: That too. That too. But I'm almost positive. And Archie, you can tell me if I'm wrong.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Aaron, Chris, and I all live in Ohio. We live in Ohio, eh?
2: Hope. Hope. <laughs> um, I am
0: I am positive that out there. In, me. That I am out there. Shh, I am out there. I am positive that out there in New Jersey, there are more douchebags than there are
3: here. Oh, oh without a doubt. <laughs> there we to, go. Where, I knew I've it. I was Ohio before. I wasn't, like, I wasn't like a ster- week. I wasn't. Oh, brother.
2: Art, Archie, you've been to Cleveland? Yes. Can I ask <laughs> <answer laughs> a question, real quick? Real quick. Yes. Have you ever been to Cincinnati? No. Oh. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Cincinnati, if you were going to put the fucking hose in Ohio and give it an enema, it would be in Cincinnati. But Cleveland's pretty
3: pretty bad, too. But that's okay. Well, I've been to Cleveland for a week, and I have to say, they were all very nice. Uh, um, in Jersey, you don't get nice people, no matter what.
2: Well, in Ohio, other than Cincinnati, we're pretty cool.
3: Well, I'm sure. I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm amazed at how many friends I've made on Facebook that are from Ohio. You know, there's like 20 people that I've now made friends with over the last two years that are from Ohio, and I'm like, I didn't because know that we're we down. have
4: nothing else better to do than be on social media.
3: Because so. it's fucking cold.
4: And
1: we're
3: not leaving the house, man. Right. Uh, no, uh, Jersey is bad, though. So I believe me, I have a lot of things to add to this list. We might be going till 4 a.m.
4: The oh, fuck we God. are. <laughs> no, we're
3: not. So who's starting out? Go ahead.
4: It better be Aaron, as much as he's been having a fucking agerism over this list.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
4: Raise the eight. named off like four of them already.
2: Nate, you can start.
0: Do I? Do I have to? Do I? I was just sitting back listening to you guys.
3: Well, if you guys are going to leave dead air, then I'll start. <laughs> the the biggest thing for me, number number one on my list, I'll start at number one. Um, biggest douchebag thing you can do. <laughs> is when you cut somebody off while you're driving so that you could make a turn
2: uh, so no turn signal no
3: no 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 like all right i'm 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 in my I'm in the left lane you're in the right lane you speed up and almost take my bumper off so that at the next street you can turn left yeah, yeah. like you weren't in a rush to go faster you know forward <laughs> you're, you're just trying to get home like what are you in that big of a rush for you know <laughs> cool. I like, well, not
0: okay. just
4: There's not just that. Shit. Not, great
0: not just that, but you know your you know your
3: fucking exit. <laughs> Thank right, you. right? Why were you not in front <laughs> or behind me before this? Why did you wait till the last? Minute? I agree with that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's the one thing you'll you'll know if you guys were ever in a car with me, you would be like, this dude has serious road rage. So when that happens, I want to run people off the road. <laughs> It's like, where are you trying to get to so fast? Right. You're turning. you you were trying to turn left or right. So like you could have waited an extra thirty seconds. But Yeah, it's like are you trying to get to work? Like what? I don't want get to
2: work that fast.
3: Okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going actually going down to get to work. I'm gonna jump the li- the list again and do my second one.
2: Okay.
3: Traffic at two PM. Is like the biggest douchebag thing for me in the world because art isn't everybody at work. (laughs) Like I just I went out Monday, the first, and the entire at two p.m. on the highway here, there was bumper to jump bumper traffic for forty five minutes, and all I kept thinking is, don't you people work? Don't you people work? Yeah,
2: and and you know what? And see that's fucked up because Archie, where do you live? New Jersey. You live in New Jersey. What city?
3: Uh, I'm in Roselle, New Jersey.
2: And like, if you would estimate the population of that town, what is uh, it?
3: Um, in my area, I think I would have to say there's about fifteen hundred or two thousand people. In okay. Texas, however, a area. however, but
2: the town ta- the town that I live in, guess what? There's like twelve thousand people. Okay. At two o'clock. Right. It takes for fucking ever. Like, and you and I shouldn't be in the same situation. Right. But, exactly. But that,
0: that's, that's what I was going to say, is, is I'm sure that being where you are in Jersey, whether it's 1,200 people or not, you obviously right. have a more dense population area. Well, than, I'm than
3: 25 minutes out of New York City, and I'm an hour and 20 minutes out of Philadelphia. So everybody who's going to work in the major cities have to cross through where I am. But I'm saying at 2 p.m. on a Monday there should not be traffic because you should be at work. It's I feel the same much- goddamn way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you shouldn't be on the road. That I should be seeing a ghost town in front of me and be like, "Wow, I got a whole road to do what I want on." You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I feel the, the same thing. way. I'm in a pass. town, but I'm in a
2: town with 12,000 people, and I'm stuck behind a truck. <laughs> right. like, what the fuck is going on?
3: <laughs> right. Right. And I always ask the same question, and my wife loves to laugh at me when she's in the car with me. I always say, Where's everybody going? And she'll look yeah. at me and go, Well, obviously they're going somewhere. And I'm gonna be like, No, that's not what I mean. Where are all these people going? You know, yeah, like, What are, the fuck you... are they doing right now? Right. You know, if it were Friday, like a weekend, I could say, Okay, no big deal. Yeah, they're they're trying to get a...
2: to the fucking Olive Garden. I understand that.
3: Right. Yeah,
4: fucking but Monday. Not on Monday. Not I don't the salad. Dude,
2: no, those, those I feel connected do. to the stomper right now. <laughs> I feel <connected>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Who's there? All right, I'll go next.
0: All right, so you're standing in line at the gas station. You've already stood in line long enough through like two or three people. And then there's some guy. And he's paying for his cigarettes or his zigzags or whatever the fuck. Is he he's
2: buying doing. lottery tickets?
0: No. Oh. no. No, no, no. This isn't the lottery ticket guy because I I knew <laughs>
2: Somebody grunt. I knew I knew <laughs> that somebody. <was> me. <laughs> I
0: I knew at least uh, four of us would pick lottery ticket guy. Mhm. My guy, my guy <laughs> is the guy that pays for like zigzags with cash. Possibly quarters. But anyway.
3: Right. Right.
0: And that's fine. But then he gets his shit. He gets his shit. And he decides that since I'm standing behind him with, as you can possibly tell by my voice right now, a 12-pack of Bud Light, um... uh and whatever else I'm buying for my beautiful wife and family at the gas station after I've gotten off work and want to go record a podcast with my friends. <laughs> he's decided he's going to get his wallet and shit together before mm-hmm. before he gets out of my fucking way after yep. his transaction. <laughs> get the fuck out of my way. <laughs>
4: Yeah, and, your and, and and get your shit and move on. Get your shit together. I'm chime in,
0: get your shit together by the newspapers. Not, in front of, <laughs> not at the counter.
4: At I'm at just saying. Over, I'm <laughs> going to chime in <laughs> with Nate on this one. Yes. The guy in front of you that decides to pay for his gas mm-hmm. oh. and oh. forgot his gas pump. Yeah, fucking. And then also <laughs> can't fucking explain and describe his own goddamn vehicle. He's just like, oh, that one. Yeah, the over one. It's, this is so no, boring. they don't even give a color. They just go <laughs> that one and point to a full fucking gas station. Like the gas I station was like, oh yeah, I see you drive in in that Malibu. Because <laughs> I have nothing better than this who pulls in the fucking drive.
3: Now I will say this. Jersey. Oh, doesn't
4: and now let me problems. get lotto tickets and scratch them no. right here.
3: Stop Jersey doesn't wood. have that problem. The
2: lottery man is my guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with going out tonight. We're this douchebag list is going to be fucking phenomenal. Archie, you said hopefully you guys, hopefully you guys are ready for a goddamn Iron Man match because this is going to be fun. No,
4: <laughs> oh, because I have shit to do tomorrow. Archie said, "Well, yeah, so hey, did
2: I when I was hey. behind the lottery guy." <laughs>
3: Go ahead, Archie. Sorry. Before Aaron tells us about Lottery Guy, which I – I prefer Lottery Grandma, but we'll (laughs) get into that after you tell your side. But New Jersey does not have the I forgot what what pump I'm at problem because New Jersey has full service. But the problem we come into is – Do
2: they wash your windows?
3: No, no, no. It's just basically a guy that pumps your gas. It's actually illegal in New Jersey to pump your own gas. If I try to pump my own, still arrest me. Oh, wow. Um, What is that? They'll arrest me if I try to pump my own gas. Because they don't know if I'm going to pay with a credit card or if I'm going to, you know, go pay the the attendant. Or if I'm going to just light everybody on fire with gas. I'm not sure when this happened.
2: (laughs) Fucking Jersey,
3: man. (laughs) The problem we have is the slow-moving gas station attendant who wants to play with his phone instead of pump my gas when I'm in a hurry.
0: That's like the. In, in Ohio, that's the equivalent of the.
4: <clears throat> the cashier? Tar-
0: the Target cashier that says, I'm on yep. break.
2: <laughs> yep. light you know, is on. N- New Jersey sounds amazing. Like, <laughs> is this guy. Is this guy. Gonna bring me. A Slim Jim? No. Is he gonna punt no. my gas? <laughs> no. Or Where is he gonna to set be- himself on fire? Jesus Christ. That sounds fucking amazing.
0: <laughs> I love how Aaron said, Is this guy gonna bring me a slim Jim? And Archie was like, No. No.
3: no. <laughs> He's gonna set himself on fire? No, they they it, it's, it's a it's a health hazard because apparently in the late eighties, some idiot got the got out to the pump their own hey. gas smoking a cigarette. And <laughs> They, he literally pumped his gas with a cigarette in his mouth and the attendant ran over, took the cigarette, ran to the street and threw it out before he burst into flames. Oh,
4: wow. That's just called fucking Darwinism. Let that shit happen. <laughs>
3: well, exactly. Weed out the Nimrod. Weed out the Nimrod before he reproduces and makes more people that want to do that. But... License the breed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jersey
2: sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's... All right. So... <laughs> Continuing on about uh, gas stations in Jersey, people that are listening in Jersey are going to be like, um, "We already knew this, Archie." Yeah, but those yeah. of us, in, those of us in the Midwest, in uh, flyover country, we're, we're very intrigued by
3: this.
2: They say, "I want a candy bar,
3: not a la bar." No, it's uh, it, it's really one of the- <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I'll be honest <laughs> um, it's the stupidest law I've ever heard of, because when you're in a rush to get to work, or anywhere... You're in an
4: Iran, what?
3: Yeah, you're in Iran, being held against your will, uh, no, when you're, when you're in a rush trying to get to work, or wherever you gotta be, and you're at the mercy of this gas pumper who refuses to get off their phone, um it's like you want to you want to go out grab the nozzle take, put it back in the gas machine and pay him and drive off but if you do that they could literally call 911 they could dial 911 and say you were trying to either make away with you know not paying or whatever they want to you know spin their story to be so, wow
0: that's crazy
3: <laughs> yeah i actually i actually argued with a gas station attendant last week i pulled up and i said Give me 10 regular, one zero. I do that because I'm sorry, but not most of them speak English. So I'll do a hand gesture to say one zero, or what I'll say it out loud. And he looks at me and he says... And he's okay, like, you want me to steal second, second base? <laughs> you're like making my like like hand, hand gesture.
4: For your station, dude. My name is Philip. How can I help you he, today?
3: He spoke... He spoke actually, this is what blew my mind. He spoke perfect English and he said, Okay, give me the ten dollars. And I said, No, pump my gas first, and then I'll give you I'll pay you. He's like, Why? Don't you trust me? And I looked at him dead oh. in the eye and I said, No. <laughs> <laughs> and his exact words to me were then get the fuck out of here. I'm not pumping your gas.
4: For that escalated a-
2: so quickly. <laughs> for an Ohio, oh, i
4: don't to I- get for- out of
2: here. I don't have any gas. <laughs> for, for an
4: Ohioan,
3: <laughs> need- give, me- give me the ten dollars. <laughs> <for, for, for laughs> I literally jumped out my car because I'm a hothead, and I got in his face and I said, "If you don't pump my gas, I will call. I'll call the police and I'll say you're refusing me service." He's like, "Go ahead. I'm the owner of this gas station, and I could refuse." Service. He was guys. He spoke better English than I do. <laughs> He said, go ahead, I'm the owner, and I can refuse service to whoever I want. And I said, wow, that was like the best argument you could have given me. And I literally got my car and left.
0: For For an Ohioan, that is the most New Jersey thing I've ever heard.
3: If
2: I told somebody, pump my gas, and they were like, I can refuse you no matter what, I'm the owner of this gas station. Get the fuck out. I would have been like, Ope. Ope. <laughs> <You're>, oh. Oh. <laughs> sorry. Oh,
0: you're okay.
2: <laughs> and I would have been like, sorry. And I just would have drove away. I did. That's why I and said, be like, that was- God damn it. Fingers crossed. I'm going to get to the fucking Sunoco down the road.
4: <laughs>
3: exactly. I wasn't on empty. I wasn't on empty. I was able to make it to another gas station. But I, I literally. I got baffled by two they things. They got it wasn't
4: two o'clock.
1: <laughs> it, it
3: <laughs> I was I was baffled by him speaking perfect English and the mm-hmm. amount of argument he gave me. I couldn't argue back with, so I just gave up. And- <laughs> you know, see, this is this is the other thing about me. If you give me a good enough argument, you might just shut me up. Yeah, but if yeah. you don't, if you can't, if you can't argue with me and you just look at me, and go, uh huh, yeah, uh huh. Then I'm gonna keep going on until I have nothing else to say, you
2: dude. <laughs> Stomper, if somebody can like give it back to me the same right. way I give it to them, right. I will just be like touche, motherfucker, <laughs> and I will walk <laughs> away. And I, yep. I will get them mad fucking props.
3: Yeah, <laughs> definitely.
2: If you could, if you shut me up, then you know what you deserve it. Okay. Yep. You want? I will say tip of the hat to you, sir. And I will leave. You won
3: this round. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you may not win yeah, the next like, one. I'll dude, this I'll be back next week. Route. I'll be back next week with a better argument. Right. Right now
3: you I have to
4: nine dollars. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chris, what what's your contribution to the douchebag list?
2: Oh, see, Archie just did your job, Nate. He did? And I
0: love Archie. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Thank
4: you, Archie. <laughs> well, I'm just I was trying elaborate.
3: to help Nate get back on, on, on track. His so Nate's I, just cute. I,
4: I added on to Nate's about the whole person that the cash register at the gas station. Now I'm going to elaborate on Archie's how you, the douchebag thing about flying in front of you to cut you off to turn. Right. My thing is the people in front of you. That feel the need that they need to come to a complete stop. Yes. To pull into a parking lot. Yes. <laughs> especially the a minute. complete stop to do anything. Especially
0: like, the especially the minute it starts fucking raining. Jesus Christ!
3: <laughs> a Complete stop for anything. But stop. A to do anything. A red light even if no they even if
2: they're gonna go into a turn. Even if they're gonna go into a turn road, <laughs> it's like why did you completely
4: stop? Fine. If there's not a red light or a red side, you just keep fucking going. <laughs> It doesn't even <laughs> matter. Just fucking turn.
1: I yeah, turn
4: in the state of Ohio where as soon as it rains or snows, people will be living here their entire life. And as soon as one of those two things happen, they're like, oh my God, there's shit coming from the sky. This I don't is, know what yeah, I'm doing. This has never
3: happened before. Mean, it's wait locusts. Wait, wait, wait. You mean that's not just a New Jersey thing? No. No. I thought only New Jersey gets freaked out when there's water or solid water no, coming. No, no, sir. Sky. I have oh, lived. No? I have
0: lived in Ohio my entire life, in, in both metropolitan and rural areas. <coughs> I have driven in those areas, and no matter what situation you're in, no matter how long they have lived here, the first time it snows that year it's, is it's the first. Mirror. Is the first time it snowed. Ever, ever. <laughs> so
4: that's like, bad part, though, I mean, You need to elaborate. The first time it happens, it's the first time it happened ever, ever. But man. like right now with the with the weather we're having right now, it's all melted. The second Fine. that shit falls again, all over again, it's a hard reset. Oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, it it's is. Fun. It's
2: fucking. I, it's think weird. You would you would think these fucking pumpkin seed motherfuckers <laughs> would know how to fucking handle this shit but they don't
3: I, you know I ask myself a question every time I'm driving and some idiot does something totally and utterly stupid in front of me how did you get a driver's license
0: yes How? You, it had you to have, be
2: I know how they do here I don't know how they do in New Jersey, but I know here it's like they well, know the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> like they shovel his walk. <laughs> so, so that's how they got it.
4: They take the but, test for you in Jersey because they're afraid you'll blow something up.
3: No, no, in Jersey, no. <laughs> guys, you have to. In Jersey, you have to pass a written exam, and, and this is if you're oh, teenager. These people can't 16, write written exam. Jersey. At 16, and then at 16 and a half, you begin to do 20 hours of driving. In other words, you have to go to school and do 20 hours of driving, and they log it for you. And then when you turn 17, you can go in and take your your driving test to be a driver. I've, I've taken this test in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania. Gentlemen, I'm a United States citizen. I was born and raised in the United States. I know how to read and write. I failed twice in Pennsylvania and once in Jersey, <laughs> but yet there are people that I see in front of me that look like they're a hundred years old, and they're driving <laughs> a, like an idiot and don't know how to like, like, like Chris said, when you're coming to a turn or pull in a parking lot, it's not a complete stop; it's like slow down to five miles an hour and then pull in. You know? <laughs> well, uh, in, Ohio, I don't know.
4: in Ohio, in Ohio, Ohio all like, you gotta do
3: I is have know how to, do to blink. It.
2: In Ohio, all you have to do is know how to blink and dance to Macarena. Well, then I'm
3: moving to Ohio.
2: <laughs> you're cause... you're a goddamn truck driver now, man. You're good.
4: <laughs> and in Ohio, they'll
2: let you, you haul Archie if you mm-hmm. can blink and dance to Macarena. They'll let you haul fucking <laughs> right. Dino Bravo custom
0: custom figures. They'll let you <laughs> haul an entire trailer of them.
3: Oh, it's. I thought only I thought only Jersey was like that though when it snows and it rains. Like oh no!
2: It's oh
0: God it's, damn, man!
3: Right, I have one. People here just
2: running in the back of each other and they're like, "Oh, yeah. I got decapitated yesterday." Because <laughs> <laughs> there was this thing called snow. don't
0: know. All right, it's I have
3: one to up. add. I have one to add for the douchebag. This. The person who goes to the supermarket and stocks up like it's the whole, it's like like it's the apocalypse when uh, they know it's enough. God, oh, God,
2: that's it's here. That's here. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ, man!
3: I, I don't. I was I, in the market. I was in the market three days ago, and they said it might snow. They didn't say it was a hundred percent chance. They said we're preparing. It's for probably gonna inch snow. Right, two or three inches of dusting. But it might blow off by tomorrow. In the market, there was a woman with four carts filled to the brim. And she had a child attached to each cart so they could push her. (laughs) And all I kept thinking is, is Jesus coming back and I'm not aware?
0: (laughs) Aaron Aaron and I both work retail management.
3: Like, why why are they buying eggs? (laughs) Okay,
2: okay, I get milk. No, no, listen, listen. I get milk. <laughs> okay, I get milk. You can put milk out in the snow,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And it's it, it's gonna stay cold. Okay, I get the milk. Why the fuck are you buying eggs? Like, if the power goes out, right? You and the can gas goes out, right? What are you gonna do with fifteen <laughs> dozen eggs? <laughs> You just have raw eggs now. Right. All right, Rocky you know, Balboa. Unless you're running up a fleet of steps <laughs> in Philadelphia. Yeah, all right, Rocky Balboa. You have no use for all those fucking <laughs> eggs. No,
4: it's Ohio. People know how to cook shit on a spoon. <laughs> Hill,
2: Hillbilly Jim and, and Hulk Hogan. Unless Kogan.
4: you have heroin, you
2: <laughs> have no need for all those fucking eggs. Hill, Hillbilly Jim You can Jim put and... the egg on the spoon and
4: cook it on the spoon like a little, like a little skillet.
3: Yeah, but wait a minute. If you have an egg on your spoon, then you can't cook the heroin, like Aaron just said. So, <laughs> you, you just, like, I mean, I don't know.
2: I understand the milk. I do not understand the eggs. Okay, you understand the milk. Because now you're do. surrounded by 15 dozen spoiled fucking eggs. I watched a woman.
3: <laughs> no, I lied to you. It was a man. I watched a man pull up with with two carts. His first cart was filled with every kind of food you could think of—frozen, fresh, whatever. The next cart had about 16 cases of Gatorade. (laughs) And all I kept thinking is, I'm hoping he's a football coach, or at least right. Right.
0: Or this is gonna, this is gonna be, this is gonna be the most hydrated motherfucker.
3: (laughs) <laughs> I'm making through the snow. Since, and then here's the- Since Fred <laughs> Willard. This is gonna be guys. the
2: most hydrated motherfucker since Fred Willard.
3: Guys, the, practice, the very next day, it was sixty degrees and sunny. It never snowed.
2: <laughs> and this guy's like, what am I gonna do with all this you game? He ran it off, man. He was like, I got this. <laughs> Oh, okay. I got I got my douchebag list. All right, go for it. <laughs> i am really doing this.
4: <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut out here soon. It's almost two o'clock. <laughs> oh, fuck
2: off! You're listening to my douche my douchebag list. Your
4: your douchebag. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Listen. All right.
4: I hear dead air.
2: Yeah, me too. My first thing on my douchebag list is people that don't use their turn signal. (laughs) Okay.
4: No, you save those for when you get in the accident. That way when you get hit, you can flip it on.
2: Right. (laughs) (laughs) While your car is sitting
0: on the side of the road.
2: Okay, well, I feel like you guys are doing what I said was going to happen where they were like, oh,
3: no. No, I, I agree with you. I, I, I hate the person who leaves their turn signal on even after they've made their turn. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I
4: agree with you, but I've literally watched that shit happen. Like, after someone got rendered, they flipped their turn signal on. I was like, are you fucking serious?
3: <laughs> I'm here. That's the I'm here sign. <laughs> They're <laughs> open <hoping> someone will <laughs> see them.
4: Alright.
2: Does anybody have something they want to add to the douchebag list. Um,
3: I don't go ahead. Okay.
2: Yeah, go the, ahead. Next, the next thing on my douchebag list is people who talk on their speakerphone
4: in public.
3: Yes, 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 yes.
4: I will elaborate. Holiday season, people that go holiday shopping and don't know what the hell they're getting and they're on their phone in your way the whole goddamn
3: time. God, that's new. That That's definitely. As a
0: retail Thank manager, you. I will also say anybody that shops after 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve, fuck you.
3: Yeah. yeah. But, but especially, anyway. Especially since, especially since shopping now starts in September for Christmas. Exactly. Yeah, four months. <laughs>
0: I will have Christmas Wait. trees in my store in in August. Next week, right?
4: You, mother- no, you, you, you motherfucker! Go ahead. Bag award when you have the it's the customer that comes up to the register either on their phone or throws their money at you when you tell them the total.
0: Hmm. Yeah, one of my one of my cashiers, and I, I'm not I'm not trying to get um, I'm not trying to go longer here, but. One of my cashiers the other day said, This guy just threw his money at me when he when he checked out and I said, You know what I do in that situation? I just get up on the counter and start twerking.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, to add to, <laughs> to, to Aaron to add to Aaron about being on a speakerphone in you know, out in out and about, I've never heard people have such intimate conversations. On a speakerphone as I thought I would.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, it's terrible. You know,
3: people just
2: be like, oh.
4: Two weeks ago, I was dealing with a dude breaking up with his girlfriend on speakerphone at Barnes and Noble.
3: I I heard a man ask his wife, are we sure he's gay? And I'm only assuming they were talking about their own child. Because he saw me look at him and walked away. And I didn't care, but it was like the the way he. Are we sure he's gay? And I went, "Wow, did you really <laughs> want to say that?" I like in my head, I went, "Did you really want to say that in public?" Yeah. You
4: know. well, well, this dude at Barnes and Noble, like he was like doing the screen pleading shit on speakerphone, walking through a bookstore. <laughs> Everybody's just stopping and looking at their book and just staring at this and he's not. He he's doing like the nervous breakup pacing the entire store, every aisle on speakerphone going through this drama filled breakup and I'm just like
3: He hangs up the phone. Where are your books on murder?
2: (laughs) 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 Nate, anything for the douchebag list or I'm going to do another one?
0: Mm, No. We've covered all of mine.
2: Alright. Next one on my list slow walkers
3: I'm going to elaborate on that I'm going to add to that someone who walks in front of you swaggering <laughs> they're walking like slow but they got that like real like you know what I mean? you know what I mean by swagger it's like oh, they got yeah. A, yeah you know what I mean they, by that And it's have, like you like want to They're get
2: almost taunting you
3: this. right <laughs> they're <laughs> begging you, <laughs> you to bump into them so bits. they
2: can say I something. I want to knock you on your ass right now
3: <laughs> right <laughs> Now, there is I two can... kinds of swagger, though. There is the supermarket swagger, where... Supermarket Walmart... swagger
2: is the worst. It's like, no, I'm just trying, no, to, grab no. I'm I'm just trying to grab my chinos, bitch. Get no, fuck I disagree way. with
3: <laughs> The Walmart swagger for me is the worst, and here's why. You can't be fancy in Walmart. And I don't mean that, <laughs> in a you know... That <laughs> oh, I understand that. ...discount shit, you know what I mean?
2: You know... Yeah, it's like, you're trying to get great value Fritos, bitch. Get the <laughs> fuck out of the way. Right? <laughs> like the real ones. You know, okay, it's I, like...
4: I would rather I would rather deal with the swagger than the congregation of Karens who see each other at the store and they're like, oh my god! And they stop right in the middle of the fucking walkway. To I haven't seen you family. since
2: 1992. So we're just going to decide to have it? our child... Our high school reunion right here in the fucking frozen fish aisle.
4: aisle.
3: Wait, though. You just (laughs) said we haven't seen each other since 1992. The truth of the matter is they saw each other yesterday. (laughs) 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 We haven't seen each other since 1992. I mean, I live in a, like I told you, it's not the biggest area, you know what I mean? The, The next biggest town is like 20 miles away. But when I see, like, I see the same people at Walmart every day. So when I see them, like, congregating and talking and doing, like, why couldn't you do this at your home? Why did this have to happen at Walmart? Mm -mm. You know, why did it have to happen in in public?
2: Oh, I agree. I've seen Nate at Walmart and just been like, fuck him. (laughs) 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 And he's my brother. Okay, and I've just been like, I got shit to do. Eh, fuck, fuck him, I'll guy. talk
0: to him later.
2: <laughs> and we've made eye contact. I have known that I've seen <laughs> Nate at Walmart, and he's seen me, and he's just been like, fuck him.
3: Oh, okay, See, now <laughs> <if> you <laughs> can get away with that. You can get away with that, saying you saw your brother in Walmart and was like, fuck him, I'll talk to him tomorrow. <laughs> I went to the mall six months ago. And I was not even in the mall for myself. I was actually sitting on, like, the husband chair because my wife <laughs> was shopping. And a friend holding- of mine sold me. No, I was not holding her purse, no. no. <laughs> she was shopping. She had her purse so she could shop. Um, and a friend of mine bumped into me and he's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just waiting for her to get done and whatever. He's like, okay, we're going to have a couple drinks later if you want to. Us- yeah, I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I get home. And there was an angry text message on my phone from my brother. And he's like, you were at the goddamn mall and you didn't say hi to me? And I'm like, I didn't even know you were in the mall. I was downstairs in front of a makeup store. I didn't I didn't walk around. He's <laughs> like, no. Frank said that he saw you downstairs and you knew I was there and you were avoiding me. I'm like, dude, if I would have known you were in the mall, I might have came to see you to do something less boring. but <laughs> <laughs> At least a nod. You know.
4: I was like, goddamn support. do you really think I was having a good time? Right.
2: If Nate would text me, you <clears throat> were at the mall and you didn't come and talk to me, I'd be like, no, you, you're right, I didn't come and <laughs> talk to you. That would have been fucking terrible. You'd have brought up Fred Willard and blah, blah, blah. I would have had to sit outside of a fucking goddamn bed, bath, and beyond. It's like, Jesus Christ, I'm not even getting any of that. So why would I do it? Speaking. Like, I could understand if I'm going to, like, you know, get some action off of it. But no, I'm not. So fuck that. I'm gonna eat dipping Dots and fucking <laughs> fall asleep.
0: And Jim Ross is gonna be like, "What did the dipping Dots ever do to you?"
4: Not the goddamn dipping Dots.
0: But that'll be no. on the uh, that'll be on the uh, We Can't Wrestle live show. Monday. We're gonna. So rep- the next
3: thing I, the next thing on my oh, list.
0: Damn, Aaron's got more. All
3: right, wait, Aaron, I do. Hold on, Aaron. Wait, hold on, Nate. The dipping Dots line that yes. Jr. said. That's a t-shirt already.
0: It is. And you know what? Honestly, it popped me. It was funny. It
3: was really no, funny. No, it was not. No, it, no. Was <laughs> not. <laughs> it was bad. It was smacked down
4: tonight. That's, that's you know okay.
3: Funnier? No, I didn't mean it in a mean way. That, Nate, no, but I, I know.
0: I know, Archie. And Aaron, that's okay. Because if any profit is made off of this show... I will put it
2: in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> He's like I took the abuse, I'm taking the money. I got a little profit in my pocket, going jingling. Cut
3: no, <laughs> your ass! That's some Georgia satellite shit. <laughs> I mentioned this on, I think, the first podcast I did with Nate. AW is re- it, it because it's got part ownership with Pro Wrestling Tees. The minute anybody says anything on Wednesday night, it becomes a T-shirt Thursday morning. Yeah, <laughs>
4: what the hell? <laughs> oh like, shit, it's a T-shirt Wednesday afternoon because they rehearse it Wednesday morning. X,
3: right?
4: X- like cal- they're wearing it when they say it.
0: Excalibur, <laughs> right. X- caliber X- is commentating, and it's like, so I'm a fan of wrestling, and then there's a T-shirt. The there's a T-shirt day day the, there's day day the next part. day that says P-F-F-F-F-F-T, Excalibur right. fart. Yes. Yes,
3: you're right. You know, it's like all right. The Chris I mean, Jericho, a uh, little bit of the bubbly, was cool. That was that. I understand that being a, immediately a shirt. Uh-huh. That was an un, you know, performed line that he just did off the top of his head. Okay, and it sold well, but not the dip and dots, really. <laughs> you know, and you think who's buying that? Shirt?
4: As as- I want to know did, who pre-ordered that shirt. For <laughs> you- the fact that as soon as Moxley won the belt. He put a mock world title shirt. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What the fuck is this is Super Bowl? Did y'all make shirts up for the, either winner?"
3: I thought the same thing, Chris. <laughs> I couldn't understand it. Like, really, they had a shirt waiting for him to win. So, what if he didn't win? They were just gonna scrap forty million t-shirts.
4: I know that they completely took the like, "Oh my god, he did it!" element out when he threw that shirt on. I was like, "Wow, well, okay, thank you for completely- this." Is a predetermined right. <laughs>
3: All right, Aaron, go ahead. What's? Uh, I'm sorry, I took over again. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you for your permission.
4: <laughs> that, that's the next douchebag thing. People that take over my list.
2: <laughs> so, the next thing on my list is pricks that take over the list.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I hate when that happens.
2: <laughs> Me as well.
3: That's a shirt. Print it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Does I, anybody
2: I, have another thing that they want to put on the list?
0: One more, and then we're gonna sign off.
2: No, I have. Yeah, oh,
0: seven,
2: eight. Hey,
0: you You can go fuck yourself with eight. We'll do a fucking part
2: you two. You go
4: fuck yourself right now. <laughs> Take your best to post the other seven on the page. Get people to subscribe. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
2: Okay, here's another thing on my list. All right, mm-hmm. you guys ready? People
4: cut off my list. <laughs> no, no.
2: Here's a quick one. Um, quick. <laughs> people that are politically correct.
3: I'll elaborate and add on that. I people who try their
2: hardest. I hate food. politically
3: correct people. I hate people who get offended by anything. I'll anything. Be anything. Yeah. anything. Being. When you f- say people that up. are
4: politically it, it's correct, it's, funny. it's be, funny. Being offended
0: is a choice.
4: Right. Well, when, wait. What I'm when you say people that are politically correct, do you mean the people that are politically correct, or the people that correct everyone else to be politically correct?
3: both yeah yeah that was a good question actually you know look we were brought up i'm sure in the same time frame we're all around the same age Mm -hmm. we were brought up by george carlin and sam kinison and andrew dice clay and eddie murphy you know what i mean yep and if you if you yeah bill hicks
2: don't forget bill hicks bill hicks he was great
3: Jeff Foxworthy. Can you imagine if Jeff Foxworthy would try to do? You might be a redneck if in this day and age. Oh,
2: no. It was clean. If, like, he did, if he was did clean, but that if, was some good hold shit. Hold on. Price. If Foxworthy, if
0: Foxworthy did, you might be a redneck if today. They'd be like, "Well, you like Biden,
1: right. <laughs> You might
4: be a Southern American if." <laughs> okay, okay, Bernie.
0: <laughs> fuck fuck um, modern American. You be a
2: Jewish American
3: if...
0: Father, <laughs> f- fuck no, modern just, American any It would be Hebrew
3: American. <laughs> Hebrew
4: American. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, everybody's offended by everything. Let's yeah. reboot everything so we can unoffend people by something that was made 30 years ago. And let's make sure that we include everybody, but yet uninclude people that are not what we stand for. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. You know, I mean, ridiculous. And,
0: and to conclude that, and to conclude this, we're going to have to continue with the douchebag conversation later, because we got to end this I, show.
2: I have one more on my list. Hold, hold on. Okay.
0: Before you do that, <clears throat> because of what Archie brought up, I want to tell everybody right now, that is why you do not have funny comedy today. Right. Because
2: you there's could, funny comedy out there.
0: No, there isn't. Uh, yeah, there is. There is funny stand-up. There is not funny. Okay. There is there's not, not
4: funny mainstream.
0: There has right. not been a funny comedy movie made in ten years.
4: Oh, a comedy movie, yes. You could oh, never you know
0: make that's, Blazing that's Saddles. Like that.
4: There's not funny mainstream. You
0: could never make. No. You could never make Blazing Saddles today, which is the, the funny funniest thing. Hann-
2: Hannibal Burris is funny.
0: Yeah, no, we're not talking about stand-up. I'm talking about movies, or or sketch comedy. You couldn't make that today. You couldn't make no. Blazing Saddles today. Eddie Murphy couldn't do Buckwheat today. No. And and because that is because oh. we don't Nate. we don't want to laugh at ourselves anymore. We want to be morally. Joel. Go ahead, Arch.
3: Shows like Mad TV and A Living Color would not be on the air in this day and age. Oh, God, no. Okay. Can you imagine if, if Jim Car- Jim Carrey is no longer funny. Adam Sandler is no longer allowed to be funny. He's got to be a serious actor now. hmm okay. Oh, oh, okay. Eddie Murphy is not Eddie Murphy anymore. He, re- he did Saturday Night Live recently. And he redid all his old skits, and, and he it, had to be real PC about it. And, and guess it, what? Yeah, it wasn't funny. And then went. This is sad. Yeah, it wasn't funny at all. You know,
4: I'm actually excited though because Amazon is bringing back Kids in the Hall.
0: I hope okay. that it's good.
4: That's Kids in the Hall. It's actually it going to be funny. on Amazon only, so they're going to be able to get away with it. Hopefully, again, there it's there
2: not is one, there is one comedian. Okay. One comedian that doesn't give a fuck and will go out there and and say what
3: he feels.
0: Anthony Jesselneck?
3: Nope. Oh. Norm MacDonald. Well, yeah, but Norm MacDonald doesn't care if he's got a job.
2: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Norm MacDonald is the funniest
3: motherfucker on the face of the planet. Oh, without a doubt. He's, he, he's been funny. He's still funny. But I mean, look but at a guy again, like he's
4: also bar. not going to be on a mainstream format anymore either.
3: Right.
4: He'll be he'll be on a premium Guys. a to get it.
3: Roseanne uh, Barr not- got thrown off her own show because huh. she called an African American woman a monkey and didn't mean it in a derogatory way. She just she basically was being Roseanne Barr and said, "You're acting like a monkey." that's all she said to her and literally kicked her off her own show. now I understand that that could be misconstrued into many different things but it's Roseanne Barr this woman sang the national anthem as obnoxiously as possible and we let her get away with it and
2: they probably threw poop at her
4: so she was like oh
3: <laughs> you know I mean, so
4: Fred Willard came out and said let me show you how it's done <laughs>
2: You know what? You know what? I'm the Intercontinental and I'm, Champion. I'm, I'm Fred Willard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm have the Champion of all time. I'm gonna,
3: right. I'm, I'm going, Chris, I'm going to ask this question: If they did a Married with Children reboot, it would definitely be nothing like the original. It would suck. It would if definitely. I did be it. Fun.
4: Or if, unless it was on Netflix,
3: right. Amazon, right? Right on a streaming. Set, again,
4: so not mainstream. Like,
3: or or it would
0: be like Life in Pieces and get canceled.
3: Right. Right.
0: So I'm going to end this show because I'm the executive. Wait, let, oh, go ahead, Archie. Let
3: Aaron do his last one.
0: All right, Aaron. Do your last
4: one. Stop, stop enabling him, you enabler. <laughs>
0: Archie is Aaron's Stephen P. New right now. He's advocating for Aaron.
3: Can I be Paul Heyman? Are you gotta say it like
4: <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was
3: that? <laughs> that was space and
0: <laughs> Somebody the sounded
2: like they were fucking doing somebody's butt cheeks. <laughs> but what was they doing?
3: Your last huh? one for the douchebag list.
2: Oh, the douchebag list is yeah. people that are fucking homophobic. Like, I'm as straight as an arrow, right? I love chicks. But I don't understand, like, people that get, like, offended when somebody's just like, oh, yeah,
3: I'm a dude, but I like the D. You know, Aaron, you just said that in such an unpolitically incorrect way. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Huh? I said, you just said that in such a totally incorrect way, it's not even funny. You know what?
4: The sad thing is, yep. right there, that comment right there, that is how YouTube is going to demonetize this yep. right now. <laughs> yep. No, like,
2: dudes that like the D, like, why are guys afraid of them? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they going to do to you? You know? Well, like, can are they I, gonna can I, are they, they I, gonna
3: break into I, your house and make it more pleasant? Can I chime in with a with a quick story and then I'll I'll be done for the rest of the night and they sure. could end whenever he's ready. Okay,
2: I want to know what I said that was offensive.
3: Dudes that like the D is what everything. I uh, everything.
4: Everything.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's my quick story.
4: It's part of your charm.
3: When I was twenty two. I moved back home because I was ready to start, you know, looking for a job in my own house and whatever, and yeah. um, I was single at the time, so I moved back in with my mom and dad, and they lived exactly four doors away from a gay nightclub, and I didn't care. I, I used to walk in there and get cigarettes every it was morning. good music. They probably had incense. I, I never was in there in the nighttime. I only went in in the morning, like, like around 2 p.m. to get <laughs> cigarettes. Because there was no other store around, and I didn't feel like getting in the car and driving, so I would just walk next door. And every now and then, when there was no parking in my parking lot, I would park there, because the owner said, yeah, no problem. We have no problem with you guys leaving a car overnight, so I would do that. And one morning, my dad got up to go move my car, because on certain days, you couldn't park in the parking lot past 10 10 a.m., because the garbage trucks would come in, and so... He goes to move my car for me because I got in real late at night and he figured, you know, save from waking me up. Were you
2: parked in the rear?
3: No. (laughs) 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 So he went to go move my car. And the bartender walks up to my dad and says, hey, that's not your car. And he says, oh, no, that's my son's car. And guys, you've seen what I look like. I know you've seen what I look like before. This bartender looks at my dad and said, oh, is that that Keanu Reeves looking guy that always walks in and buys cigarettes? <laughs> and my dad said, I guess so. And he got in my car and he pulled it into a lot. He comes upstairs, and throws my keys on my dresser. He wakes me up and he says, if you ever park next door again, I'll kick your ass. I said, why? What's going on? He said, apparently one of them like you. And mind you, I'm going back 14, uh, 17 years ago. So that's the way people talk back then. He said, apparently, one of the guys next door like you, and who's to say he won't come on to you? I'm like, Dad, you're really freaking me out right now at 1030 in the morning. Let me have a cup of coffee. He's like, no, do not park next door anymore. I'm like, okay. So I didn't, but then I needed cigarettes one day, and I didn't feel like driving, so I walked in there. And, guys, I'm not making this up. Same bartender. Hands me my cigarettes. I go to pay. He puts his hand over my hand and says, oh, no, this one's on me. And I grabbed my cigarettes and I walked out at a very fast pace. (laughs) And I never told my dad because I knew he'd get pissed and be like, why'd you do it? Whatever. It's not that anybody is afraid of guys who are gay or homosexual or anything like that. There are some men and some women who are homosexual who come on very strong. The same way a straight man comes on strong to a woman is the same way that these people who are gay that come on to heterosexual people because they know that they're heterosexual and they're trying to get a rise out of them. Right. And to this day and age, it still happens. So to answer your question, Aaron, in my long-winded story, it's not that anyone's afraid or anyone is, is trying to outcast Anyone who's homosexual, I am very understanding. You live your life. You go who would you want, whoever you oh, feel hold like.
2: He oh, oh. said, "Aaron, live your life." No, that's not what I meant. Like you were going to pretend that I'm homosexual. I'm not. That's no, uh. that's
3: not what I said. You said you like gir- you said you like chicks before you said anything about dudes like me. So, uh, but there are some <laughs> times when people who are homosexual will come on to a straight person too strong. Now, in that instance, Nate, I don't know if you'll agree with me here, but in that instance, you have one of three options if someone's coming on to you too strong, whether it be a man coming on to a woman or a man coming on to another man. You're either going to get defensive and look to fight and beat that person up. You're going to get hostile and look to argue with that person, and then you're eventually going to call them gay, but in a very derogatory way. Or you're going to get really afraid and run away. You know, those the only way you're going to really react. And all of them are wrong because either way, it, it makes a bad outcome. Right.
0: And that is the way someone is. And what I will say is, in 1998, which makes me feel very old, is that 22 right. years ago.
3: 22 years ago, yep.
0: I work, I, I, and I'm very tolerant. Um. But I worked yes. with I worked with someone who was was openly gay and um, his boyfriend and we were good friends. But it was so funny because there was a guy that came into our store. It was a music store back then. I worked for uh, Fye back then. Okay. And this guy came in and he's talking to me and he says and I quote and I quote and this was a big. <clears throat> commercial expression of the time, but he said, are those doggers you're wearing? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I looked back, and I said, why, yes, they are. Doesn't my ass look fantastic in them?
3: Oh, God.
0: And he said, yes. <laughs> now, hold on. Hold on. It was a customer. And then I walked up to my I walked Nate up was trying to
2: make the fail more
3: ways than one.
2: <laughs> Nate was not in an alley. No. Shut
0: up.
3: <laughs> so after that
0: fact, I walked up to my friend, my real true friend, who was homosexual, as was his boyfriend. And I said, That guy said my ass looked good in my dockers and he said, Well they do And I was like, Yeah, I know they do and then we laughed. And the the point of my story is, I'm not gay. Um, check out my profile pic. My wife is hot. <laughs> <laughs> and, but but I'm not insecure about it. If somebody,
2: eh, somebody. If what trying... What's, well, what's that, Aaron?
0: No, I was just saying, somebody's preference is not an offense to me.
2: Right. That's you know? what I was trying to say. Like, I've. We were talking about, like, douchebag things, right? Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Like, I'm younger than both of you guys. And, but what I was saying was that I've been in the same boat that. Nate was in where other men or whatever have hit on me before, and it's like, eh, I'm not offended by it, but I'm just going to be like, eh, I'm yeah. not into that. I mean, it's, it, you and, and, and you
0: know what? Honestly. I actually,
2: I actually take it as a compliment. Right, right. and that, that's, that's, you know what? What? that's God what I was going to say. You're right. I'm a handsome motherfucker. Well, right. and I,
0: that's what I was going to say. It's
2: like if I saw myself in a mirror, And I like dudes. I'd probably fuck me. (laughs) Okay, Buffalo Bill.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Aaron just trumped my Fred Willard. But anyway, no. What I was saying
2: was fuck me. I'd fuck me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Christ. (laughs) I'm not. You know what? You know what? Fuck it. I'm not editing this show. This show is officially the non-edited show. If you don't want to hear it, don't listen.
3: Maybe you should have said hey, that. The 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 I'd walk
2: awkward after me.
3: Yeah, I'd walk awkward after me. Nate. Maybe. Maybe that warning of if you don't want to hear it should have been at the beginning of the show. <laughs>
4: there you go, Arch.
3: The last five minutes is not gonna help anybody.
4: Well we didn't want spoiler we didn't want any spoilers.
3: <laughs> no, I know I know I sounded very intolerant in, in what my story, but my point of the matter is
2: no man you didn't sound intolerant
3: you know i like i i'm i'm not the type of person i don't become disgusted by you know seeing someone who's gay or talk, I've, i can talk to a gay person because here's the thing what you are doesn't define you you may be the the you know uh, the biggest baseball fan in the world and i'll know that if we talk but that doesn't mean because I found out you were gay we can never talk about baseball again because that's two different things, you know what I mean? You may be the biggest wrestling fan in the world, and, you you know, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But I will say this. There are some people who do allow their sexuality to define them. And I'll go back to wrestling with this. uh, David, uh, what was his name? Darren Young, who used to work for the WWE, mm -hmm. literally said in an interview... He came out as gay because he knew that the WWE couldn't fire him if he came out as being right. gay. Well, they looked like they were, you know, bashing him for being a homosexual.
0: That was going to be my ultimate um, point in that story. And
2: you been to one of them gay fucking parties, those motherfuckers
3: know how to party. They do. I will. Oh. I, have, I, have been in, I have been in that scenario before. Didn't know it at first, but then that's found out. That's a
2: good out. goddamn time, man. Aaron. Fucking study and Aaron, huh
4: stop!
3: Let
0: me finish my point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the point of my
2: story.
4: That's your ass.
0: When I was <laughs> when I told when I told the doctor that the ass my ass in the doctor's story was <clears throat> that gay couple is still together. They are still um, really good friends of mine. And. The point is, it doesn't fucking matter. Right. It doesn't matter. Um. It it has no bearing on anything whatsoever.
3: Unless you, it matters to the person that it that is that that exactly.
0: If yeah. you don't you focus know. on it, if that's not your focus, oh. if that's not your mindset,
3: like, it doesn't matter. Like you don't have to walk up to me and go, "Hey, my name is Brian. I'm I'm gay. Mm-hmm. I didn't." Need I'm going to still say, hi, Brian. I'm not going to say, hi, gay Brian. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, and, I, I'm and, I, and if you... If this you, is funny about, if you, hey, if what's you, up, gay Brian? If you Just are gay bump.
0: Brian, that's your fucking Memphis... <laughs> right. That's your Memphis 1984 <laughs> if, gimmick. <laughs> now,
3: here's, here's, here's the other <laughs> scenario, though. If we've been friends for six months and now you decide to tell me, by the way, I'm homosexual. Okay, well, this, it doesn't change our friendship unless you... Are telling me you now want a relationship with me, and then I have to say exactly. no. Exactly. You, you know, I mean? <laughs> if, you do, if
0: you don't if you don't want to, if you don't want to have any, um...
3: <laughs> I'm just
2: saying, if somebody comes up to me and goes, "Hey, my name's Gay Brian," <laughs> like fist bump. What's up, Gay Brian? Hey,
3: and a fist bump him. Hey. If that's the way, if you're using that as your way of, I don't, I don't know if it's a weapon or a defense mechanism or whatever. It's, your it's a,
2: it's a, it's a. You're a fucking awesome dude, right? Gabe <laughs> Brian, fist bump. It's gonna be <laughs> fun. Oh, all right. And, and help me make sure my bedroom matches.
3: <laughs> Nate. <laughs> Nate. Yes. When you messaged me earlier, you said, "Oh, it won't go over two hours."
4: It it, lies.
0: It it kind of sorted. We
3: lost Chris. I think we lost Chris. (laughs) No, I'm here. Oh, (laughs) oh, I'm here. Hey, gay Chris, how are you? Oh
2: my god.
0: (laughs) All right, everybody. We're gonna wrap this up.
2: Not gay, Chris. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired.
1: Oh my
2: god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleep. sleeping. You can Chris. sleep, buddy. You can sleep.
4: No, because we're still on the air. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you can sleep. Aaron. Nate. Thank
0: you. Shut up. <laughs> thank you for joining us, everybody, on the Fred Willard edition of the <laughs> We Can't Wrestle podcast.
4: I'm a honky-tonk Willard. He's a
0: honky-tonk Willard. That's going to be the the title of the show. We will see you next week. And thank you, Archie.
3: Pleasure, as always.
0: The best custom man in wrestling figure fandom.
3: Except for when it comes to Dino Bravo. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see.
0: We'll We'll see. That's a cliffhanger. Yeah. Thank you, Chris, for joining us, and you will see us on the We Can't Wrestle Live this Sunday.
4: With our Elimination Chamber follow-up.
0: Yeah, sure. We'll see. And
4: to Aaron... It's okay, it's in America.
0: <laughs> we'll have many words to say. <laughs> Aaron?
4: But. He's like what I do now. I I said,
0: "Aaron will have many words to say," and Aaron said, "What?" So we're going to sign off for another edition of the Weekend Wrestle Podcast, episode eighty-nine. We thank you for joining us.